you're a Delta SkyMiles Platinum Business American Express card member, you'll know a thing or two about an expertly packed capsule wardrobe that balances business and leisure. So you can go from conference sleek to cocktail party chic with a few new accessories. You can hustle from 9 to 5 before exploring with ease from 5 to 9. Because you're the chief excursion officer. The Delta SkyMiles Platinum Business American Express card. If you travel, you know. Learn more at go.amex slash you know business. When you're constantly on the move, it's not just pits that break a sweat. From your armpits to your thighs and everywhere in between, new whole body deodorant cream and sticks from Shea Moisture are your secret weapon to staying fresh and confident all day long. Made from melanin-rich skin and packed with plant-based goodness, embrace a new era of freshness with whole body and stick deodorants from Shea Moisture. Find them at your nearest Walmart and walmart.com. And when you do, your whole body's covered. Neo U is a fitness app offering live and on-demand classes from top instructors and workout concepts from around the world. Neo U has hundreds of classes from boot camp to dance, yoga strength, and more. Stream workouts on any device, iPhone, Android, Apple TV, Amazon Fire, and the web. Redeem the code FRIENDZONE at NEOU, that's N-E-O-U, fitness.com to receive one month free. Welcome to the friends. Every time I'm in the zone. My name is Dustin. I'm Francesca, also known as Hey Friend. Hey. My name is Asante. This is the friend zone. Friend zone. I'm in the zone. Uh, Respectful. What? What you did was rude and every day. See, what you did, what you what did. What are you talking about? What he did. What he did was really disrespectful. But what did he do? That's right. What? That's right. You heard it. You know, I want to welcome everyone to this week's episode of The Friend Zone. Now, we're going to start things off like we always do with this clip. I know that I, you know, opened this with a little aggression, but I was just on a rush after that clip, right? It made me excited. Well, it took place, okay? It was a short clip of a comedy sketch that a comedian named Funny Marco had done, where he had randomly approached um, two of T.I.'s children, his daughter Deja and his son King, in a store. (laughs) And he kept saying that whatever King had done was disrespectful. His big sister Deja, now now, Deja's been in the media a lot for what they like to call clapbacks. She's a visionary. She's such a <laughs> smart young girl, beautiful young lady. And she uh, immediately jumped to the defense of her younger brother, even though he may be taller than her. And so uh, she says, you know, what? And he was like, what he did was disrespectful. She was like, what did he do? And he was like, he was being disrespectful. And she responded with, but what did he do was the question. Okay. <laughs> now. What I took from this, okay, it's very important to make sure that you can always find the center of whatever the circumstance is that you find yourself in. What's the root? Why are we here? What is the intention here? If you need to redirect someone or if you need a little bit of redirection, your damn self, maybe you need to get in the mirror and say, hashtag was the question, okay? And then you fill in the, the, the pre-question, 
the part before it, you determine what the real focus is of that area of your life. Mm. Whatever you're going through, this battle ain't yours. It's T.I.'s daughters. All you have to do is just figure out why you're going through what you're going through, get back on track, and focus so that we can come to a solution. The young lady's a visionary. That's the encouragement that I felt that she was getting to all of us listening. Mm. So the hashtag this week is, was the question. Identify the questions <laughs> in your life so that we can get to the answer answers and move on and it's still women's history month shout out to this young black queen okay ti's daughter deja and with that being said that's right it's time for qtnas which are questions that need answers and questions that the nigridum are asking okay (laughs) (laughs) question one are recent reports true that after both reaching for the same plush toy At the New York City pop-up, the Children's Trolls Experience, okay? So there were two people at the Trolls Experience here in New York that reached for the same toy at the same time. Now, this is the the report. I want to know if it's true. So are these reports true that at the Trolls Experience, young miscellaneous rap impersonator Bad Baby, okay, and a head rap wearing Swiss Beats, okay? They stared at each other in the face Cut for about out. two seconds. Cut it out. And then Swiss Beats' son started crying, so they had to go. So is that true? Did that really happen? Oh, my God. Y'all know Bad Baby and Swiss Beats look alike. No. Moving on to question two. These it's are showtime. Worse. Question two, okay? Jesus. These are, these are these are on-the-scene reports. We on the scene this week. I know my man and bank. Which one of y'all was in Atlanta, okay? I got went back and said that you was at the slutty vegan (laughs) and saw two people trying to go in the door at the same time and they was refusing to let the other one go. So they kind of started, you know, pushing and shoving each other just a little bit, you know, (laughs) both trying to squeeze in the door. And then they ended up looking each other in the face and got quiet and just stared. And it was Jasmine Sullivan and Shiggy. Which one of y'all said it? Who said it? Who said it? Oh my God. Y'all should see Fran's face. Okay. (laughs) All right. Question three. We keep it moving this week. Rapid fire, rapid fire, rapid fire. Question three. Which one of y'all, I got to ask through clenched teeth. Which one of y'all said that it is on searchable public record that Tracy Braxton absolutely did write and demo the ooh, ooh, ooh part on Dream Girl stepping to the bad side. Which one of y'all said that that's on public record? Who said it? Tracy Braxton wrote the ooh, ooh, ooh part <laughs> stepping so to the bad side. Who said it? <laughs> and with that being said and understood, I want to welcome mind. everyone. Thank you. <laughs> to the Friend Zone, your weekly look into all things mental health, mental wellness, and <laughs> e, mental hygiene, because who in the hell wants a musty brain? Not me, not y'all, not us. You know what that reminded me of? You see when Beyonce was on a new show, I forget which one and they were like you're Beyonce and she goes thank, thank you. you on the view <laughs> yep mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oh my goodness amazing what's happening y'all alright so as we get in started uh, there are a few things that I need to say first and foremost I want to wish happy birthday to one India Sean oh. uh, it was her birthday yesterday <laughs> Um, it'll, it'll be two days out when she hears this. And then I also want to give a special happy birthday to Ari Lennox. Um, 
She did amazing. She performed uh, at the Blue amazing. Note. Amazing. Oh, I'm sick. I missed it. Sick, Man. I tell you. Had the Blue Note lit. It was the fluorescent Blue Note last night. It was so lit in there. Packed wall to wall. Yes. You go, Ari. Yes, go off Ari Lennox. It was amazing to hear her perform some of the old faithfuls, the old favorites that we was loving. And then uh, she did some new material. That new song, what was it called? Got new Apartment? New Apartment. That was amazing. Yeah, that was a really, really good one. I, that was the one you said you couldn't wait to enjoy the sidewalk. Too. Yes. Saturday music. Oh, yes. Get some Saturday music. Yes. Shout out to her. Thank you. Shout out to Dreamville for uh, inviting us there. Yes. Shout out to Interscope. That was shout great. Out to that. Thank yes, you. it's amazing. It's a blessing to have been in the building. Also, shout out to Masego for, you know, hitting the stage. Uh-huh. I, I could not believe that. I love me, me some Ari Linux, but, you know, I could not believe that. Just dig the knife in deeper, will you? You know, I had to. I had to tell the whole world too you know I'm so sorry and but, uh, Kaylee's performing this Thursday yes. so make sure you guys are there at Elsewhere Venue in Brooklyn for well, sure if you ain't got a ticket sold out oh that show has been well, sold out then. so you know if you if you, if you got, got you a one, ticket we'll, we'll see you there, see you, there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying and shout out to all the listeners that are always out at the events because we saw people out last night and it was really really fun it was always yes. good to see listeners because they always kind of shot they don't know what to say but no. it's always good to see the listeners supporting our artists that we like too so that's yeah. amazing Yay. So yeah. shout out to them and also um, I just want to say thank you to the Jackie Robinson Foundation um, and Budweiser Anheuser-Busch and also Spike Lee um, 40 Acres and a Mule I was so blessed um, to be asked to participate in uh, a short film that they put together to honor Jackie Robinson and the 100th wow. anniversary or the, or his, yeah. So um, back in 1947, he was the first African American to be uh, to play Major League Baseball. Okay, first person of his kind, and then he went on to have a great legacy of philanthropy and lots and lots of community work. And he did some really gravitational things for civil rights um, for the betterment of others. And so I was asked to be a part of this uh, very very wonderful group of people who um, the Jackie Robinson Foundation, um, Spike Lee, and Budweiser Dean. Uh, had done great work and been impactful in their field. So it's such an honor. Um, you know, I love all things black and black history. So to be able to sit on a panel and discuss, you know, the work that I do in front of Jackie Robinson's son and his granddaughter who wow, were there. Really? Um, it was amazing. Um, shout out to everyone from the Jackie Robinson Foundation. They showed a lot of love to the friend zone. It was just such a, a great, wow. um, great opportunity. Oh. So shout out to that. <laughs> the video will be available. I'm going to be posting the link. Um, it's a three minute short film. Really, really cool. Um, and there's a social clip that we're going to share. But shout out to them. So that was great. And then also shout out to the National Society of Black Engineers. Again, I'll be in town this weekend for the convention. Um, and I will be the master of ceremonies for the Golden Torch Awards, which I'm really excited about because it's kind of formal and it's an award ceremony. So I'll be excited to keep the crowd laughing as the awards are handed out. You got your outfit? Um, I have two options. Mm, so I'm, I'm deciding between the two. You know I will. You know I will. <laughs> So thank you, church Yay, announcements. Yeah, thank you. Working, We're trying to work working. over here, y'all. Hell yeah. Amen. So speaking of people doing amazing things, let's do our black business of the week. Mm-hmm. So there is a creative that I follow on Twitter who goes by the name Ayana the Oracle. That's A Y A N A T H E O R A C L E. Love it. That's her name. You yes. better claim it. And she is based out of Atlanta. I don't know if she's from there, but I know that she's. Out of there, right? It's all that matters. I knew you'd love that. And she is the creator of a website and brand called Creative Holistic. That's C R 
E-A-T-I-V. H-O-L-I-S-T-I-C so it just doesn't have the E.com and what I love about her work first of all her tweets are amazing she's full of gems if you love uh, accounts like Haas's you know and, mm-hmm. and people who just have amazing profound words to share with you on a daily basis she's definitely one of those mm-hmm. that I enjoy following and she has these decks that she makes um, I noticed her uh, highlighting them on her Twitter feed the other day and I was looking through them and I was like, oh my God, these are amazing. And she has one that I was looking at that's called the Interactive Affirmation Deck for Creatives. Oh, and what really? I love about it is that, you know when people put mantras, I know, remember um, in Being Mary Jane, she mm-hmm. would have like the, the mantras. On. A mm-hmm. lot of people do that. They'll yeah. write them or put post-it notes. It's something that is known to work for people. The repetition yeah. and seeing it, it just helps your mind and your brain waves. Oh, and your spirit so she created them because sometimes I think the block that can happen for people is they don't know what to write they don't know what to say you know until they come into it obviously but she can kind of help you get there because she's written down with these look at the decks super pretty yes she's written down 21 powerful mantras as well as 21 mini activities Okay, cool. That can help you really integrate the word. So it's not just yeah. about staring at it, but it's about really seeing how you can make this a part of yes. your life in a very real way. Por ejemplo. <laughs> Por ejemplo. So I love it because it helps with creative accountability. Yeah. And that to me is the game changer. So it helps with confidence, uh, manifesting for creatives, which is, you know, one of my favorite things, your ability to take actionable steps. That's the key to me towards your purpose. So it's not just writing it down, but it's using your imagination and then actually moving forward with the steps that you need to take. And there's also a lot of chakra work that she incorporates into this because there's Mm. things that you have to speak. You have to say it. Feel it, take it in, create a visualization. So what comes in the box? A deck of 21 cards, the drawstring travel bag. So whenever you're traveling, you can take it with you, which you guys know I'm a huge fan of. And she has one that is for creatives, like I mentioned. She also has one for entrepreneurs. (laughs) No, I'm just playing. (laughs) (laughs) She has a few. She has one for entrepreneurs. She has one that's specifically for financial abundance. Yeah, well, that's the one I want. <laughs> and then she has a sweet one that is the Lover's Collection. I already got that one. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason, you know what I really love, because I saw her tweet one day, if you and your partner don't have a strong foundation, don't buy this deck. Oh, damn. Because it's sort of going to pull up and bring up a lot of things because mm-hmm. it's a lot of questions and many, you know, the many activities. Yeah. You make sure that you oh, really want to play that game. So I think <laughs> I love it because she mixes spirituality with conversation and activities and creativity, which I love. My favorite um, spiritual People online are the ones that have found a way to weave in creative work, whether it's art. You know what it is? Like that to me is kind of what draws me in because I am a creative. So creative holistic, C-R-E-A-T-I-V-H-O-L-I-S-T-I-C.com. Her Instagram, once again, is Ayana the Oracle, A-Y-A-N-A-T-H-E-O-R-A-C-L-E. And that's it for this week's Black Business of the Week. When you first said her name, I thought about... um on Ayanla 
Ayanla the Oracle. When Ayanla, when um, Benzino's wife, baby mother, something, whatever she is, she was on there and she kept saying her name wrong. And she kept calling her Ayanna. Yeah. And, and she'd be like, E, like Ayanla would like try to sound it out where she was like, E, E, Yanla, nah. And it's like, no. Like she's still the moment she know, walked through some the door. people that can't pronounce certain, because I noticed something, it's going to sound random, but old Southern black men cannot say Francesca. Really? They say Francesca. <laughs> it never fails. I kid you not. I don't know what it is. I was like, what is it? Anytime I meet an old black man from the South and I say my name, they say Francesca. They just can't get their, like, tongue, they click the their teeth back the there. Chiska. The Chiska. They, they just can't do so it. So sometimes I'm like, I don't know what it is. And some people just can't get it out. <laughs> you know who sound like they would say that? Never mind. I should not even mention him in this episode. And y'all let me say the redundant ass this week's black business of the week as opposed to... The black business. <laughs> I just realized that I gotta catch that. Because it, it means the same thing, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> okay, shit. Are y'all ready for the recap of last week's episode? Oh, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. We gotta keep that. <laughs> so, we had an episode titled Steal Like an Artist. First of all, you guys really love this uh, these conversations on intellectual property. We're thankful that you were cool with us continuing for a part yes. two. But honestly, there's so much more to it that we could do five parts that's the reality oh, oh, even, well yeah literally even more came up so uh, as always you guys listened and had a lot to say so actually I will start this week so I don't have a recap comment because so much popped up in regards to intellectual property conversations this week never fails we gotta change our name to the mystic zone at this point <laughs> for real <laughs> cause it just never fails so the first thing that came up Cardi B trademarks a <laughs> that was right. good too, so, friend. Thank you. So here's <laughs> the thing, though, she didn't create it. Mm-hmm. So the question that comes up with that conversation is, what if you didn't do it first, mm-hmm. but you did it best? Mm-hmm. You popularized it. Then who has the right to trademark it? The creator who didn't do anything with it, because I actually saw. Shout out to. I believe his name is Mikkel Street. Mm-hmm. He wrote an article for Out.com. I just want to make sure that. And he, it was a great article where he was able to track how far back Okuru has, Okuru, you hear me? Mm-hmm. How far back it's been used. And they went to RuPaul's Drag Race. There was a <laughs> contestant by the name of Laganja Astranja. <laughs> I hope I'm saying the name right. Yeah, I think you are. Who used to say, so Laganja actually tweeted Cardi and was like, I don't even care, girl. Just put me in the promo, which I thought was interesting. He was like, I'm not tripping, you know, because he, uh, what he shared was that he knows he didn't create it either, that that was from the ballroom scene. Mm -hmm. But then they also had, I saw a post with Patrick Ian Polk, creator of Noah's Ark, Mm -hmm. the show. He showed a clip on his Instagram from 2008 with Chester. Do you remember Chester from the show? I do, yeah. Chester saying it. Oh, wow. <laughs> in 2008. And so they interviewed Chester in the article mm-hmm. by Mikhail Street. And they asked him, how do you feel about Cardi B trademarking it? And he was like, you know what? Um, it sucks. <laughs> he wasn't he mad about it or anything. He's like, she did popularize it, but he... He said what he thinks would be fair is if she hits him up and is like, 
you know, you as the creator of it, here's some money. Or like I bet he does think that would be fair. <laughs> shit. Or some opportunities, yeah. you know, which I think is fair. Mm-hmm. I mean, but I mean that does make you wonder, like if you did, if you created it but didn't do anything with it, because he used it that one time. It's not like he went and trademarked it. Yeah. And they all stole it from um, David in the Bible. David said it first. <laughs> yeah, he said it when he laid Goliath big ass out. After he knocked Goliath out, that's when he was like, <laughs> he said it, and that's where they all got it from. Okay, oh, then was... people were saying Khloe Kardashian. <laughs> All right, never mind. Oh, no, the timing of that. The timing of that. (laughs) (laughs) There's an association. Um, They said that she's the one that created it on the Kardashians. I was going to say Lil John, but you know, his just sound a little different. A Lil John? Okay. (laughs) I wonder if he's jumped into the conversation. Um, A second thing that popped up this week there's a show called Shrill on Hulu. Have you heard of it? Mm -mm, Shrill? Yeah, it's actually a really good show. I started watching it. Who's in it? So, uh, no one that I know. Is it like a 30 minute hour? I think it's a shorter show, yeah. It's about screaming. No. Can I get my shrimp? <laughs> but here, here's the premise. Annie is a full-figured woman who wants to change her life, but not her body. She's trying Amen. to start her career while juggling bad boyfriends, a sick parent, and a perfectionist boss. So what makes this show so groundbreaking, you know when they have leads that are full-figured or plus-size, whatever the proper term that people want to use, it's always based on her... That's that same old storyline, that same old trope of her needing to lose weight to get the dream guy. You know right. what I mean? Or like her friend who's a skinny popular girl gets him for her. But then he's like, you're the one with the real heart that I want. You guys know the story we've yeah. seen on Netflix a million times. Yeah. So I think what makes the show cool is that there's none of that shit. It's literally just a plus size lead living her life. And that's the show. I'm with it. Yeah, it's it's like it's sad. It's on Showtime? On Hulu. Hulu. Oh, it's on Hulu? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you know, I got that. So here's the thing about it. There's a, a writer by the name of Virgie Tover who is accusing one of the episodes. She says it was lifted from a TED Talk that she did back mm. in June of 2017 where there's a scene that she describes uh, that came to her in a dream and then she saw it. On the show. Wait, what? Oh, oh, oh wait, she was doing a TED Talk. Never mind. Yeah, dream, yeah, yeah. But yeah. then she saw that dream she just described on, in the TED Talk on the show. Yeah. But it's a, I watched it to see, and it's a scene of like big women in bathing suits around a pool, like living their best life. Exactly. So it gets a little blurry because it's like, it's not. I mean, that's True. a shared experience. You know what I mean? How <laughs> yeah. many women have had a party with their friends in bathing suits in a pool that right. happen to be plus-size women? I mean, I feel like I've seen commercials like that. That scene in my mind isn't new to me. I've seen Gabby Fresh. I don't know if you guys follow yeah. her with her yeah. friends. Like, they do that. They rent houses and hang out. So that's I'm like, I don't know. Girl, she lying. I'm not going to say she's lying because I'm a respect, you know, I'm an honor that she feels that way. I don't know. Right. <laughs> but mm-hmm. that the question that comes up with that is what about the paranoia, you know, where you thinking that people are taking from you, but there's such thing as a collective thought. There's such thing as shared experience. You went through it doesn't mean I never did. Right. You know what I mean? So 
that kind of makes it tricky. And then lastly, Young Baby Tate. I didn't see what happened with Young Baby Tate. (laughs) You were just talking about her. Pretty girl. Which made it funny, but she accused Fashion Nova of stealing her friend Zeus Trappin. He has a t shirt that he designed where it's the Gap logo, but it says Trap. Which I didn't understand because. The gap. It's okay, the gap. that's right. where it gets a little bit tricky. Right. Because <laughs> even though he flipped it, technically. It was his flip. Like, yeah, it was his flip, and then Fashion Nova flipped the flip. Yeah. Oh, damn. <laughs> um, but Young Baby Tate was, you know, accusing Fashion Nova of stealing work from young creatives. And so that makes it tricky because remember, clothing, when we were reading last week, can't be trademarked no or crop. Right. There's no yeah. trademark for clothing, but there's trademark for logos. Mm. That there, it does fall under. And so the logo for the gap. They can actually sue if they want it. I don't yeah. know if they, you know, ain't trying to make it hot for him. But yeah. right. <laughs> low key, I'm like, he's probably like, yo, chill. Right here, like, damn, like y'all blowing me up. <laughs> Leave it to y'all. <laughs> but a lot of stuff came up. And then even lastly, because literally I have a list of the things that popped up this week. Um, look at this one. So... In 1984, a photographer named Jacobus Rentmeester took photos of a college basketball player named Michael Jordan for Time Magazine. And during the shoot, this is what he captured. I'll show you guys. Uh Uh-huh. She's showing it to us. Where have you seen that Uh, before? The Jordan logo. The Jordan logo. Jumpman, jumpman, jumpman. So Nike recreated it. Here's the recreation. Mm -hmm. And that was what became the Jordan logo. So, of course, he sued. Mm-hmm. Because he's like, hello, that's my shot. But he didn't win. Why? Because they say that it doesn't look like the same. Oh, that's a, that's that's a lawyer move. Because <laughs> wow. that, that's, that's that clearly that was a it's payoff. Like exactly Because it's the, the same. same thing. Did he appeal the decision? No. I mean, he tried, but it's, I think, from the article that I read, let me see. It says, hold on. Damn, that's crazy. Actually, yesterday he lost his last shot at an appeal. That's what it is. Wow. He lost his last shot when the Supreme Court declined to even hear his case. Oh, you know, they, they got Kavanaugh ass up there now. He now I'm, not, I'm not looking shares. at that, that, Negro, <laughs> that Negro shit. I don't care about that Jordan Negro shit. <laughs> We're not even looking at the shit. That's what Kavanaugh and them said. And shout out to a vocalist rival on Twitter who uh, followed up with what I was saying about the Nike the creator of the logo and she said the creator of the logo was paid $35 at the time. Can wow. Imagine. But she says they were compensated later by with stock options. Oh, oh okay. Cool. Yeah, that's so, real. That's really fair cool. enough. So, you know, they realized later like, okay, this probably ain't right. Let's give Let's take care of them. Options. Yeah. Um, and then lastly, sorry, it's just mm-hmm. literally this whole week I was right? like jotting all this stuff down. Um, I was seeing the BBC uh, was saying that Europe has passed a law that some people are calling the meme ban, where it says Article 13 of the directive makes tech companies responsible for things that people post without copyright. So technically, what? Twitter could go in tr- could get in trouble or Google. So clearly, that's going to create a filtering process where you right. can't just post however you feel like wow. it. Because if they know they're getting in trouble, they're gonna there's going to be some yeah. massive Hold censorship. Up, yeah. <laughs> what hater did that? What hater started that that one that one on the books? Who was it? <laughs> and right. I was reading the article, and and 
not only is it that the tech companies would be responsible, but there's also another one called Article 11 where they feel that um, browsers like Google should mm-hmm. pay the websites for the links that they aggregate. Oh. Interesting, right? Because if you think about it, it is kind of funny. Like, they make money, but they didn't really create anything. They're right. just an aggregator of links. Damn. And so the brands are like, that's, you know, you should pay us to put those links up. And that's the other one that was passed. I don't know. Interesting how things are going to change. I wonder how that would affect creatives. And <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, I was at Shake Shack, Hayden, because, you know, I used to work there back in the day. Mm-hmm. And so one of the employees, his T-shirt had a cross trainer on there. And I was like, I was one of the OG cross trainers before this wasn't even a title. Like, <laughs> so you talk about all that. I'm like, damn, I need it's to get my shit It's a lot going up. on. It's a lot going on. Um, but yeah, that's it. I just wanted to share all of that because I literally was sitting and like, oh my God, all these articles and we just had this conversation. I'm scared to even comment for somebody say I stole that too. <laughs> <laughs> Look. Oh, and you know, someone was showing me um, this young girl accusing Solange of having swiped her whole like album concept to create. What was the last one called? When, when I, I Get, get home. home. Yeah, and so someone was showing it to me and I was reading her so-called receipts and I didn't really see the correlation. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's the scary part too. You know, people start that mob mm-hmm. online and people just want to be hot to be hot. We don't even understand Solange's album fully yet. You know what I'm saying? We still breaking down the video, the uh, the album film. So what is she talking about? Things were lifted like from her posts and her music that she shared. Just I don't know. It gets really blurry because you saw even with the young lady accusing the woman of stealing her TED Talk scene. Mm -hmm. You see in the comments people being like, "I I thought of you when I saw it." Lying. No, I'm trying so hard to stay neutral. It's just like you got to be careful of when people hype you up. Right. You know, you got to stay grounded in what it is that you think and make sure that you feel that way and not that people are hyping you up to feel that way. Because I noticed she was telling people that she was like, well, to be honest, I didn't see it at first, but my friends and my family were like, you should do something about it. That's when I was like, well, that's a little weird. Because if it's not like an intuitive feeling, you know and what, what did I mean? you do about it, first of all? Because, girl, all you did was make yourself look crazy. <laughs> the Solange's album. I is saw the, Crystal threatening her. I mean, but here, <laughs> here's why, right? And I'm not even going to spend a lot of time on this foolishness. <laughs> Solange's album is literally about her experience growing up in her hometown. Literally right, references about cowboy. the street she grew up on. Mm-hmm. Literally, like, specific to her personal experience. Like, her family. But what if you have... What if your experiences really, like, intertwine in ways that... Because that happens, too, Do though. they know each other? Sometimes, how many times... I, I mean, I don't know. How many times have you heard a song and the person literally saying your life? Right. I mean, like, verbatim. You're like, damn, Where you're you like, know? what the fuck? I ain't never heard nobody be like, I lived in a house like Dustin's parents. <laughs> and all we grew up on the same street. <laughs> I've never... I haven't heard that tune yet. So she can go on somewhere. I honestly am never hyped to think that anybody stole anything from me. Even, even no. It could even be clear as day. And in my mind, I'm, like, not thinking that. Just because it's hard for me to think, like... I don't know, like in school, people like cheated and it was like uh, like people knew that that's what they were doing. 
But I feel like people nowadays, sometimes when they create, they don't realize that they, like, had some of the same experiences as other people. Because, like, when you mentioned that tech talk thing, in my mind, I'm like, damn, that might have could have happened, though. Like, a woman was talking about her dream, but then some other woman, since we all have seen these images before any damn way, they created this scene. Subconsciously, right. you and take it, in all this information. Right, and they could, because, like, even look at styles of comedy. Like, so many different people can say or relate to, like, uh, Living Single or Martin and these types of jokes and think later on, like when we're creating original stuff, some of these jokes have like been done before, like from Bernie Mac stand up and things like that. So they're just married in different ways by people that either have seen it in passing and didn't realize it growing up later or whatever. And so I always like hesitate to say, damn, like is someone stealing something from me? Because like, did I steal that too at some point? Like, and not that I even actively think that, but sometimes when, before I even speak up, I think I might not even be the original, like, but I do want to be the most prominent. And then when you get super, super hippy dippy, think of the movie Interstellar. Who knows what dimension oh we're even creating in? Someone look, could have made that in another dimension so, and you over here saying it's yours. And, and, and look, <laughs> and, and so have you started the OA yet? Oh my God, season two. I only watched the first episode. So even in that first episode, well, did you finish it? So you got they to the ha- end? Did you see the crypto? I was like, oh, yeah. shit, I got crypto. But did you finish it? No, no, no. I didn't okay, so to. never mind then. But like... It's so funny that you talk about Interstellar and the Dimensions because in the OA, you know, she, you know, she traveled. So yeah, think the lady about, was looking for her granddaughter, right? Who was in a well, different dimension? Well, no, sending her crypto. Well, the, the, well listen, the grandmama was the baby on the <laughs> OA too. The grandmama was the baby. No, but but the OA traveled. She traveled different, like, like she jumped. Right. So in my mind, I wonder if those ideas, like, they jump. So, like, let's... Absolutely. You know how I feel. Obviously, sometimes I, I feel like I water myself down for the sake of this podcast. So people won't be like, oh, she's crazy, crazy. <laughs> nah, friend. But, them, like, sometimes I laugh at the things... That I'm like trying to choose my words. Right. <laughs> the contestants. Face. Go off, friend. Go. I'm, I'm right here with you, friend. Go off, friend. Because I. No, but it's true. Like well, you know, we too. we try to act like we own certain things, which is why I was saying last week that I felt so conflicted about how I react to certain things. Because there's that higher self that's like, all this shit is. We're all one person. Trying, right. you know, we're fractals trying to just make all this work. Look, at, I'm like laughing because Dustin's face. <laughs> I just want you. I'm gonna, I'm, you know, <laughs> y'all can finish because you're making good points. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Because I don't you give find? a fuck. Because <laughs> first of all, like if I said that shit, I said it, and I know I said it, and I know you stole it. There have been people who I have watched. Okay, <laughs> I would literally tweet something. I have watched them. Some people I even know. I've watched them go right behind me and try to like reword my tweet a little oh, bit and put it up. All the time. But you know what? It doesn't matter because your gifts are yours, mine are mine. And although that shit is irritating. Especially on Twitter. And actual, you know what I'm saying? I still can move on to the next because my darling, I'm not an empty vessel. You know, oh, okay. I'm, 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 I'm forever thought. refilling. So... I don't be tripping, but we gonna call a spade a spade, bitch. If you stole that from me, you stole it from me. And I don't give a fuck who handed it off to me. The point is, you took it out of my hand. That's what the point is, okay? Now I'm with it, and I believe in nothing without intention. Do nothing oh without God. intention. But if you stole it, you didn't stole it. That part I'm used to because I actually was showing my friend one of my quotes, and we put it into the Twitter browser, and mm. you we were scrolling for years, literally, of how many people have taken it on as their own tweet. So there comes a point where you just got to let that 
that control that you desire go because you're mm-hmm. going to go crazy. It's just what it is. And then you see with these copyright laws. It's like anal. <laughs> <laughs> At a certain point, you just gotta let go. It is what it is. Oh, gee, you see with these copyright laws, how many times you know you see all these outfit swipe, shoes swipe, song swipe, melody swipe. Someone, uh, I went, I was on the friend zone Twitter, and someone tagged us to a whole thread about J Lo. Did y'all see that? I didn't look at it. I, I was not. like, oh, I, I, I couldn't take it. Songs she took from allegedly, so we don't get sued. Right from Usher. A song she took from Brandy. She kept the background vocals. We already know Christina Milian <laughs> is like the singer on her albums. <laughs> Same with Ashanti. A whole thread. So I don't know. A lot of things aren't what they seem. Not saying that about J-Lo, but just saying that about the world. So. They said Miss Juicy from um, Little Women Atlanta wore that Versace dress first. Remember the Versace they dress who? J-Lo wore to the Grammys? They who? It was cut low in the front and it opened up like that. They said Miss Juicy had it on first. They said. At one of them Ricky Smiley short parties. And she lent it to J-Lo? Well, J-Lo swiped it. <laughs> She said, anybody see you, girl? I'm wearing it to the Grammys. And so that's what happened. But anyway, go ahead. We can do it. Knowing how to code is becoming essential in today's job market. But where do you start? If you're contemplating a career change, trying to be effective in your current role, or just curious to learn a new skill, try Grasshopper, the coding app for beginners. Grasshopper is built by Google engineers and it's completely free. In fact, it was named one of Fast Company's best new apps of 2018. With fun puzzles that take about five minutes to complete, you can turn waiting in line or your commute into learning a new and useful skill. You don't need any prior experience to get started, and in just a couple weeks, you can learn just about half of an introductory coding course in your free time. Grasshopper's real-time feedback guides you through lessons just like a teacher, and you can earn points and achievements to keep up your motivation. When you graduate, you'll have the fundamental programming skills you need for your next step as a coder. And Grasshopper is constantly expanding their curriculum to keep your skills sharp and relevant. Go to grasshopper.codes slash friendzone to download and start your coding adventure. That's grasshopper.codes slash friendzone. This week's episode is brought to you by Dustin Ross this week. That's right. What you got for us? Well, you know. This week, first of all, um, I want to kind of fuse in. We're still going to talk about some things specifically in the TV land segment, but our hot button was inspired by reality television, believe it or not. This week, I told you, you can always find something if you just sift through the mess. So um, if you've been keeping up with this season of The Real Housewives of Atlanta, which everyone knows is an ensemble cast reality show, we've been following these ladies for about 11 years now. Um, Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's been that long. We're we're, going to start season 12 next. Um, And so we've been watching the relationships between the cast members who have been um, mainstays since the first, second, third season uh, on until season 11, which we're currently wrapping. Um, We're approaching the reunion, and there's been tons of insert one of my favorite words here scuttlebutt I love the word <laughs> scuttlebutt word. Mm-hmm. is that a real word yeah. oh yeah scuttlebutt <laughs> and it literally means like people having idle chatter about idle chatter about like gossip about like a subject scuttlebutt okay. that's what it is scuttlebutt. a bunch of scuttlebutt friend <laughs> But anyway, there's been a lot of scuttlebutt about the upcoming reunion, which they taped a couple weeks ago, and it actually airs in two weeks, the first of three parts um, on Bravo. And 
What has been most interesting in everything that's been written thus far about this upcoming reunion is that it kind of turned into the majority of the cast versus NeNe Leakes, right? Now, NeNe Leakes is a season one, episode one veteran of The Real Housewives of Atlanta, and she was integral to the success of the franchise. From the very first episode, she was the breakout star. She was actually the underdog in season one. Um, she was on cast with some girls who were a little bit more wealthy than her, um, who had a little bit more access than she did, and those types of things matter on a reality show like The Real Housewives of Atlanta where it's essentially your life. They're looking for women who live behind the gates, so to speak, so they want wealthy, affluent women with connections in the community and in the social circles in that city. So at the time, it kind of mattered. And I think that she, Nene Leake specifically, kind of attached herself to our heartstrings because she had a little bit less than some of the other cast members and they were kind of sunning her, quote unquote, you know what I mean, during that first season. But we watched her as the viewers fell in love with her the franchise took off she became the fan favorite and everything about her life began to elevate from season one forward all the way until here we are at the close of season 11 Nene has now had two successful runs on Broadway she's had um, a scripted television sitcom she's got another one coming up she's worked in film uh, you name it Nene has done some outstanding things outside of just being on the Real Housewives of Atlanta she has been the poster, I would say child, but Nene is like 50. So she's been the poster woman for how to really, you know, maximize your exposure on this platform. So that being said, we've watched her growth, this journey take place. And along the way, we've been uh, privy to see some of her personal friendships in her life, both with cast members on the show, as well as some people who were from parts of her life that were not filmed for the show. So that would be childhood friends, uh, other lifelong adult friends. We've seen these relationships in her life. Um, and almost each person that Nene has identified as one of her best friends, her sister friend, her sister, um, someone who is extremely close to her. We've watched all of these relationships kind of fall apart. Some have been rebuilt. Some have stayed at the wayside. Some haven't even been televised for years. We know that she had a best friend named Diana, who was also uh, an employee of her. She worked in the capacity of being a personal assistant for Nini. Yeah. And there were several key fights and key memorable um, moments on the show that Diana was a part of. She was in a lot of scenes on the show. Uh, the infamous fight between Sheree and Nini in season four, where uh, Sheree said something about Nini. Nene's white teeth and Nene was like they're done they're done and they were arguing about Tyrone and she said he spoke to Diana on booking okay at the time Diana was her friend she was working with her in that capacity they are now no longer friends anymore we what? have seen yeah we've seen um, her and Marlo fall completely out on the show and I talked for years come back to rebuild their relationship we've seen Nene and Candy fight for seasons and seasons then now they created a bond and we're really working on their relationship Nene is now unhappy about the way Candy has handled some things. That relationship has fallen apart. We've seen um, Nene and Portia have ups and downs. You know, they were presented to us as this big sis, little sis friendship right around season seven of the show. 
And from then on, so that would be, what, four seasons ago. So we've seen their relationship go up and then crash, you know, really hard down to where they're literally almost getting physical on a roof in San Francisco. We've seen these things. And most importantly, of all the relationships on the show, we've seen the breakdown between her friendship with Cynthia Bailey. Now, everyone knows that Cynthia has been blindingly loyal to Nini on this show. Um, we watched them have a breakdown in their friendship. It was kind of hurtful to see almost because Cynthia is a non-confrontational person. Nini wakes up and eats confrontation for breakfast. So seeing the two of them in that space, it was a little rough, a little uncomfortable. Especially for fans of the show who, again, we've been following these characters for all of these years. So we've seen this friendship naturally grow and mature into what it was. It was really beautiful to see. And so to see the destruction and the demise of it, it's heartbreaking, right? But you notice a pattern here. So then when you see this happen, you start looking at other things that have taken place in your life. And you have these relationships, these friendships that you really want to make it. But sometimes they just don't. Sometimes friendships expire for whatever the reason. And there is a grieving process that takes place right after a very close friendship has ended and you really find yourself in a position where you're confused. Um, I am not proud of the fact that friends that I've been very close to, I'm no longer friends with, you know, and I had to manage the breakdown of that, of those relationships. And it hasn't been something easy. So that's what I thought we should talk about today. Let's talk about how you handle the process of grieving, ending a friendship. Um, how do you separate yourself from that friend? How do you do all of this with dignity? Do you feel obligated to respect the friendship? There's just so many questions that I thought we could kind of tap into with this subject, because one thing that we do know is that people love to beef and while we might not like it there's a lot of people that do and they end up having to either move on or rebuild so let's get a little bit um, deeper into the conversation about the breakdown of friendships have you both ever been in a position where you have had to kind of um, exhume you know a friendship out of your life a close friendship someone who um, you are connected to in several different ways. Asante, because, friend, I know you have. So let's, we're going to tap into Atlanta, East Atlanta. East Atlanta. So, I'm Asante, have you, ever been, have you ever been in that position? Um, yeah, there have been people that I, like, had to, like, cut ties with and stop talking to completely and, like, cut out of my life. Wow, and a recent one just came to mind. Damn, I thought I was speaking about the past. <laughs> Um, but yes, to answer your question, that has been a thing. Okay. And so was it, tell me more about like what that experience was like for you in terms of the aftermath of the end of those friendships. Did you feel that you were in a position where you had to kind of relearn how to exist around the end of the friendship or was it easy for you to kind of just pick up and go your own separate ways? So let me, um, I guess take it back a little bit and to name names or say of. it at the play or keep it on the um, playground. <laughs> tell your brother and name names. <laughs> um, so just taking it back a little bit. One of the things about me is I'm not like 
a confrontational person when it comes to my friends. Like, mm-hmm. when it comes to people that I'm, like, not fucking with or don't care about, I don't really give a fuck. But, like, when it's my friends, I really don't want to, like, ruffle no feathers or make anyone feel no type of way or nothing like that. You lying, so, but go ahead. I don't. No, like, mm-hmm. gen- gen- <laughs> say you genuinely, like, when I, when I deal with my friends, like, I always wish, I don't know why, but I always be wishing there's, like, a way I could do whatever, however, for all of my yeah. damn friends. Like, yeah. it don't even matter what it is because I'm just so used to... And it was because I always work customer service, too, I guess. I'm always used to being like, are you good? Because mm-hmm. at work, I was always like, you okay? Like, I always have to check on the table, check on the kitchen, check on everybody. So I was always checking on all my friends. So then after getting used to, like, doing that and being that person, when you get in situations where people kind of, like, take advantage of that, you have to, you know, I, like, because I know how I am, I can't keep certain people around because of the way that I, like, like you're just going to walk all over me for the duration of this entire friendship. So there have been people I'd, like, try to talk to and be like, hey, you know, I don't really like where this is going or how this looks. Like, it just doesn't feel good. And then when it starts to go, like, super left, like, like turn up on me, like, oh, so because this ain't your benefit, did it? Like, I, I had a situation where there was somebody I was getting to know. We were getting to know each other for a very long period of time. And I was real adamant about it being, like, a friendship before anything. And so it felt like... I guess I ended up being right in the long haul because they were really pretending to be my friend until I gave them what they wanted. And because I didn't give them that, like, it went to shit. So I was like, you know, I have to remove remove this person. We're not going to be friends. There's no way we can even reconcile this friendship. But that turned into me trying to unlearn um, that there was nothing wrong with me to allow myself to deal with somebody that was going to, like, manipulate me and do shit like that because I— I don't mind like giving myself to to anybody that's I would call my friend like my family stuff like that. That's being a hoe. Not like that though, but like oh, <laughs> jeez. Oh <my> God. <laughs> I don't mind giving myself to anybody. <laughs> like, the point is, you know, you can be selfless, but there are people that <laughs> don't. Like I'm gonna just keep. I'm gonna, just, I'm gonna try. <laughs> you know, I thought you were asking the question, but you just want to get these jokes off now. Like I'm part of the stand up. Um, Gotta tell the truth. There's just there's just a part of me that really wants to be selfless because I wish I had it like that to to give any and everybody. Like I wish financially I had it like that, and because I don't, like Thank emotionally you. I try to have it like that, and spiritually like I'm not there yet. But like when I have it like that, I want to be able to pass that to everybody else. Like I want to be able to be that. So when I get stuck with people that take advantage where they can, it's hard for me to be able to be like you can't be doing this. So when I see her early, I think I go like to the extreme and I like turn up too hard. <laughs> so it's like you, you, there's no coming back from that sometimes. So like, there's no coming back from me saying, you know, you, you ain't shit. And da, 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 like, and your mama's a bitch. Like there's no coming back from that. Not that I ever called anybody's mama a bitch. I but. hope not. Especially not your friend. <laughs> Let's just move on I to friend. <laughs> so, okay. So, friend, when it comes to, I know that you, we've had conversations several times about a lot of different things. So, I know that you have had to maybe end friendships before. So, like I said, the breakup process between a platonic friendship, how were you able to move on because one thing that I've noticed about situations that we've discussed you have completely moved on with dignity and respect to like the history that you've had with people no matter how much they've wronged you or how severely they've wronged you I should say Mm -hmm. so how are you able to 
move on and facilitate the end of a friendship with dignity and with, with some reverence to what you guys had before. Cause I know it's difficult to see people through the before lens when you're on the other side of some sort of trauma in your friendship. So how have you been able to do that? Come on, journalist Ross. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, to be honest, I can't really say I've had friendships end where I was grieving. Mm-hmm. Because I think every friendship, and obviously this is me replaying it and thinking back, it needed to. Mm -hmm. I'm not someone that would let something, not that I have like control of someone's life, but Mm -hmm. I don't just let things end. Mm -hmm. You know, I I tend to, I'm a strong communicator. So I'm the the type of friend that we can always work everything out. There's Mm -hmm. really nothing that I can think of that has happened where it couldn't have been worked out. If it ended, that means that was the season. You know, like yeah. it needed to, for whatever reason, something in my spirit didn't push me to keep it going, and I tend to follow that. Yeah. Um. So that's, you know, I, I can't really say I've experienced, like, great loss with friendships, but mm-hmm. I have had friends that, you know, you have that friend. I'm trying to think of, of an example. Oh, you finna name names? No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, you crazy. Okay. Um. You know, some people have friends that are just very selfish, mm-hmm. and I don't take that personal. Where they just um, they don't ask you how you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, if they call you, it's not about like, "Yo, what's up with you?" You know, like fill me in. They don't even know what's going on to be filled in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like those kinds of friendships, those are the ones that I don't really have anymore. Yeah. And those are the ones that kind of withered away and I was okay with them withering away because I'm a very intentional friend. Yeah. I like to fig us to figure out how we can help each other creatively. And every friend of mine will tell you I'm always the first one that's like, what are you working on? And like, mm-hmm. let's figure out what contacts I have that can somehow help or amplify or, you know, and, and vice versa, obviously. And that's kind of what I prefer. Yeah. That's definition of friendship for me. So I can't say I've lost someone that I was like at home, like Mariah Carey wall sliding over. So I think that that out. is, yeah. And I think that's yeah. kind of like your actual answer though, is that you have been able to, you know, keep it into, I guess, a larger perspective of, well, that was the end of that season. Yeah. It since, to yeah. Since it needed to happen. then that is, I guess, the closure for you. Yeah. And so you're able to move on without that, I guess that lingering feeling of some sort of open-ended, you know, conclusion to a situation. Yeah, and I miss people. Like, there's one, my best friend from high school, um, we were so tight. And funny enough, we just reconnected recently, which is really nice because we're in such different places. (laughs) Think about it, high school, and then now I'm about to be 37 in a couple of weeks. Um, And we lost touch because we just had different uh, value systems. Mm-hmm. She, you know, you have the friends that want to get married yeah. and they're very family oriented. And when she got in relationships, you know, that friend, that, yeah. like their, their relationship is their world. Yep. And see I you was, when I see you, see you when I see you. And the thing about me is I'm not a heavy handed friend. I'm not the one that's going to be texting you like, why haven't you hit me? Yeah. I haven't seen you in two weeks. And if if you don't hit me, chances are we might not talk. Yeah. That's kind of how I'm very, like, hands off. 
in alignment. We talk when we talk. I call you when I think of you. You call me when you think of me. I don't take it personal if that means months. Look at Claude. That's my best friend. We go months without talking. Yeah. And then we'll go a week where we talk every day. Yeah. I let the energy do what it do, you know? And so with her, it just, her energy was that. And I was like, that's fine. Like, that's where you want to be. And I supported it, but it got to the point where we literally never talked again. Hey, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, so when we think back, there's no hard feelings. I don't think back like, how could she leave me? It's right. like, that was the natural order of things at that time. Now we reconnected. <laughs> we laughed about it because it was no hard feelings. She was like, yeah, I was tripping. You know, and I was like, girl, you had to do what you had to do. You fell in love. Like, you know, it happens. And we could laugh about it and take it personal. I think people are, people got to do what they got to do. I think that's great, though. I think that the fact that you approach friendships from that perspective, and this is something that I've learned um, in this, you know, later window of my life, <laughs> is how to just kind of allow things to mature on an organic basis um, or just maintain whatever they are at their natural pace without oh, sure. sort of, yeah, um, applying without that pressure. Trying to control what it looks like. And it's funny because you can kind of find yourself doing that essentially, <clears throat> trying to control what it looks like without even realizing that that's what you're actually doing. It's very easy to um, develop like a habitual pattern of communication with someone and it just is what it is. You guys talk so frequently about so many different things and then when that changes, it starts to feel sort of I guess personal or as if it was like a choice that the other person made and sometimes it very well may have been but the key here is to be able to look at it the way that you just described if the communication is at whatever rate it is that's where it's supposed to be because we're communicating when we think that it's necessary as opposed to a forced obligatory you know we don't talk every day because we talk every day right. not because we have something to talk about every day right. yeah. you know what I mean and I mean, obviously, too, you I think you for your really because we're talking about like close, close friends, yes, we not are. acquaintances. No, I think, too, you can be intuitive with your friends. Like I can always sense when Claude or Maya are in a funk mm -hmm. and I don't take it personal if they don't hit me as much. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. I think you have to kind of be tapped into the people closest to you, at least when it's like a really, really, really intimate friendship, because mm -hmm. I don't. If anything, I'm not hands off to the point where, like, I'm not going to even care. But mm -hmm. I'll, I'll tap in and be like, are you good? You know, like, mm -hmm. just I love you. Whatever it is you're going through, it's cool. I'm not trying to stress you, but I just want to make sure that you're good. I think there's like an ebb and flow with friendships where you kind of have to be attentive and kind of vigilant to how everybody's doing. So what do you guys do with, and you two, Asante, you in the circle. What do, well, I guess the triangle is three of us. So what do you guys do with the leftover? There, there's a song by Tegan and Sarah where they say, um, it's a song. Yeah, I love them. They have a song called Where Does the Good Go? And they're talking about a breakup. And they say, what do you do with the leftover you, right? So what do you do with the memories that you have, not even so much memories, but I know that several people, because I've been, you know, paying attention to things that I read when people are bitching about this. I told you guys I'm obsessed with that HBCU Confessions mm -hmm. Twitter account. Oh so God. when people talk about breakups between friendships and different breakups in general, I'm just obsessed with this now. And so quite often I've seen people speak about like being upset with 
I guess feeling like they invested too much emotionally so they were open, vulnerable, shared personal information and just, you know, really were all in and then felt betrayed thereafter. And if the friendship has run its season, right, and you've deemed that you're not going back, how do you reconcile it? What do you guys think would help people kind of reconcile that feeling of being almost violated, sort of? You know what I mean? Feeling as if your personal um, information, your personal data even, just personal things, you know what I mean, that have been shared, and then a person has just acted as if they were meaningless. How do you help people cure that feeling? What can you say to them to help them with that? You know what I'm talking about? Um. Yeah, I guess I can't relate. Yeah. So that's why I can't. I don't have a point of reference, to be honest, because yeah. the friendships I've lost, I'm not tripping if the stuff that they know. Like, think about boyfriends, right. too. Like, I'm an, an open book. So I don't know what could like, what's the worst that could happen? Them tell someone about my life. I feel that the same way. I think scare, that it, I guess it's not, there's nothing that I've said that scares me if people know. So that's why yeah. I guess I don't feel that vulnerability. Yeah. Um, I am interested to know what you think. Asante. <laughs> I mean, I'm the same. I think when you kind of say you're going to be friends or whatever, there's kind of like that. The buy-in, you think? Uh, not necessarily a buy-in, but, like, there's, like, that, you know, the guard is let down. So, mm-hmm. like, you know, and maybe it is a buy-in, a, buy, a trade-off, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's necessarily an information exchange, but it can be, like, an energetic exchange. Kind of like, okay, well, you know, we're going to be friends, so uh, let's see what we can get away with in front of each other. So, I'm a burp here. And then it's like, <laughs> okay, so this motherfucker burped, so I'm going to see if I can get away with telling them they ain't doing that shit. And not even intuitively saying I'm going to see what I, I can get away with as much as it is, you know, you're reacting to each other to kind of see, you know, what the energy is like. And once that's kind of gone, like once it's over, like once you said, like, we're not going to be friends anymore, I'm not even going to get to argue with this person or do whatever or, you know, to call this person when shit's going bad and yeah. have all of that. It, it kind of feels to me like... A process of I don't feel like I'm even mourning, but I do feel like I'm having to um, get back into my own groove all over again because, you know, you're in your own groove and then you meet people that will invite you to go to the museum and you think that's fun or go to the movies. And then when you're not doing that as much, it kind of feels like. Well, damn, like, well, well, what's next? What's now? And then you kind of be like, well, what was I doing before that? Like when the days that Twitter's not working, I always ask myself, well, damn, what was I doing before I was tweeting in this period of time? Because (laughs) I know that there was a time where there was before this. And so that's why when the next hard time happens where I'm going through something, if I'm going through something, I think to myself, well, I've done this before so I can get through this. Yeah. Daniel Bedingfield, I'm going to get through this. (laughs) Got to get through that. Um, I, you know, it's funny when we talk about like having personal experience with this, as I was, you know, preparing notes for today's show, I was thinking about my own life, you know, because if you look at it and see what I've seen, like Mary said, no crystal stand. And sure ain't, my shit wasn't even wood. You hear me? (laughs) So, uh, but I was thinking like, okay, everybody that knows me personally knows that I am heavily invested in maintaining, you know, connections and loyalty that I have with my close friends and my family. Right. And so, I was thinking like, has there, have I as an adult had to end long-term friend, long-term friendships and relationships? And I have about five years ago, um, I ended a, 
it was probably about a 12 year friendship Damn. which was huge because it was one That's of my rough. first yeah best friends that I had like in adulthood but I think that over time and with you know several external factors I just think the level of respect had kind of waned and things were taking place that just were not honorable to the connection that we had as friends and so we, I had to end our friendship but I had so many firsts with this person oh, um, I was so naturally I was connected with their family they, their family was connected with mine um, to this day I still talk to some of their family members they reach out to my family members on birthdays and say things like that and I've actually um, recently within like the past six months I reached out to him and Aww. I said hi yeah. Um, and just kind of caught up. And while I'm not interested in, you know, a full deep dive back into where we once were, I did actually, when I was thinking about my own life, I really did grieve our friendship when it Aww. ended. I did. And it was because, like I said, there were so many first experiences that we shared together. He was older than me. So um, there was a kind of protective dynamic in our friendship. And I think that once I got a little bit more experienced in like my my own life and kind of um, was able to start making my own choices and I began to move at my own pace and have my own experiences I think that that kind of protective like I've been in these spaces before so I'll guide you through this experience. I think that once that dynamic changed, it affected our friendship Um, and while I was maintaining the same amounts of you know, investment, loyalty, effort, all those things, they did not. And they started making different choices in the way that we engaged with each other. And like, you know, hindsight is always more valuable. So I get that now, but the end of that friendship was hard for me. And so I was able to find some sort of tie-in with these accounts that I was reading about people ending their friendships. But it also made me look at, dialing back to NeNe Leakes, it made me look at her a little (laughs) bit differently. Leakes, NeNe Leakes. Because in the end of all of her friendships on the show she's been ruthlessly nasty in the things that she said about her former friends Mm -hmm. and the things that she said about their involvement together uh, in work being both employed by the show that they're on together she suggested that some of her former friends you know might not need to be there anymore Um, she has said just personally detrimental things about them and I just have never been the type of person that could do that um, I've always felt like if we were friends at one time and, you know, everyone knew, I felt like it would be dishonorable. Yeah, you know? And also, when you look at it, it did, well, when I look a little bit deeper into it, I feel like it's reflective of not having any confidence in my decision making. If I've publicly, you know, um, been openly your friend, people know that I've supported you, whatever. And then to go back and trash you and paint you as, you know, a terrible person. Well, what is that saying about the choices I'm making friends? What is that saying about, you know, me, my, my, my ability to select people who are good natured. If I'm identifying you as trash, you're not trash. You made me mad and you may have done something that trashy people do, but you're not a bad person. We just can't really rock like that anymore. So I've never been one to like dog people out or run their names through the streets. I've always found that um, disgusting. And so seeing Nene do it, I don't know. It just made me want to talk a little bit more about what you guys feel is appropriate, respectful, honorable when it's time to end a friendship. And I really appreciate what you said, Fran, about it being, you know, 
indicative of that season simply being over with that person because that kind of lessens the devastation of it all and it makes you able to then you know process the end of it and move forward a little bit easier which is what I think most people want to be able to do you know yeah and and I think it's something that you feel in your body you're like is this over? You know, you know when something's over. It's the yeah. same thing with a with a partner. It's like you know when it's over. Maybe um, your mind won't, or your heart, or your mind will fight you. Not your heart, because your heart always knows. But your mind <laughs> may fight you, but your energy will leave first. I can think mm-hmm. of how many men I was literally would look at in total repulsion, mm-hmm. but was still with them. Wow! Because <laughs> energetically, I left. But mentally, I didn't know how to set that in motion. And so I think with friendships, it's not any different to me. It's like if my energy already left this room, this place, I'm not going to fight it, especially at this age. But I will say I'm super blessed. I have always had great friends. Yeah. And we're talking about close, my close, close, like to my heart. Core friends, yeah always been blessed with the most beautiful friendships I, that's what I'm saying there I don't really have a point of reference um, for advice in that because yeah. I, I have not lost anyone that either didn't come back in some other form yeah. um, only one friendship I could think of that obviously was sad because we were so great but yeah. She was just in a place. Um, that's the thing, too, when sometimes you don't know how to approach people who are battling a lot of demons or whatever people want to call it, mental health problems, um, just their inability to cope with things that have happened to them, things that they're processing. I think especially when you're young, yeah, you don't know what to do. And and you're you're dealing with your own shit, too. And it's like, I don't know how to help you with yours when I don't really know how to help me with mine. Mm -hmm. There's that sort of confusion that can kind of kick up when you're younger. And that happened with one of my friendships, but it came back around. You know, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't I don't really know what to tell people. But for grieving, I think it's just like anything else. When people lash out, like, I guess, like a Nini, I think she just doesn't know what to do with all those feelings in her body. She just doesn't know how to deal with it. Mm-hmm. I so wanted to fight my out. friend. <clears throat> you wanted to fight? Mm-hmm. I wanted to fight my friend because my feelings were hurt. I mean it. This is like five <laughs> years ago. But I wanted to fight my friend because for him to change up um, the way that for him to disrespect me in the ways that he did at the time, I was devastated by that because I couldn't believe it was this person that was treating me this way. And it was so devastating that I just, like, I I wanted to, I was so hurt that I felt Aww. like I wanted to just choke the shit out of him. You know what I mean? Did you but tell I, him all this stuff? Yeah. When y'all reconnected? No, I told him when we were, <laughs> when we were, ex, when we were disconnecting. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's when I told him all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> when we reconnected, everything was great. So, yeah. At the time, I was like, I'll kill you. Oh, I so, can't yeah. imagine. Yeah, it I was bad, know. right? I don't ever want to feel like that again. So it was a huge lesson that I learned. Um, and it really grew me up quickly when it came to my friendships. And it really did change my approach. And I feel like I've been able to sustain healthy friendships post that experience because I did learn from it. I learned how to kind of adjust my pace. I learned how to, I guess, not look for that type of 
I don't want to say loyalty, but I guess that type of dedication to a commitment from a friend. Some friends are just, I don't know. Every friendship just doesn't have the same gravity. And so I learned that. And now that I understand that, it really has freed me up to have friendships of all different types. Um, Friendships that, like you said, some require more and require less than others, Mm -hmm. but they're all pretty much healthy. So although I hated that experience, and I honestly, to this day, I still wish it didn't happen. And if I'm being honest, there's a part of me, I'm still mad about what happened five years ago. However... I get it now, and so I'm able to kind of move beyond it. Um, But I don't, like, trust the person the same. So I know that we can only just kind of check in with each other, you know, ever so often. And I'm actually okay with that. So Have you guys ever lost friendships um, based on association where they fell out with someone else you're close to and then you were guilty by association? Yeah. Yeah. That's the worst. (laughs) That I don't like because it's like... I didn't even do anything. It's out of your control. Um, that's never happened with someone I'm super close with. Thank God. Yeah, <laughs> not anyone I'm super close with because I think, um, funny enough, I'm friends with people who aren't friends with each other. Mm-hmm. And they respect that about me, which I appreciate because I am not the t- take sides type of person. I'm, Says a lot about you. That I means make you're that a good woman. Very, <laughs> <laughs> no, I make that very clear. Whatever mm-hmm. happened between you and homie has nothing to do with me. And I'm not. There's actually two friends that I will never that I'm taking to the grave mm-hmm. <laughs> because they make it work online. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but mm-hmm. they do not fuck with each other. And people don't really know that. Mm-hmm. And um I'm just thankful that they know I love both of them and they never put me in a position Amen. to pick. They I know that. I think it's great. Yeah. Actually, funny enough, it's three different friend groups I can think of. And one of them, uh, only one of them was mad at me mm-hmm. and stopped and cut me off mm-hmm. and actually like embarrassed me one day uh, at an event because I went to say hi to her and she turned her face. Wow. And that's when I realized it because I was like, oh, my God. I, no one's ever, you know, like I never experienced like, that. Like, what was so that she, about? It's like your homie. I was like, I'm, you know me in my head. I'm like, maybe she didn't see me. <laughs> Tried again later, walked past me. Wow. So then I was like, oh, okay, I get it. They're upset. This is guilty by association. Wow. And cool. I let it go. I didn't even try to research it. That's the thing. There's some friendships that, like, when they die out, you, like, low-key don't really care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I won't say you don't care, but it, you don't feel They just don't anything. impact you as much yeah, as— Yeah, like, you're you're just kind of like, I'm cool with this. I'm actually mm-hmm. all right with this. Like, I, there's, I don't feel any elect, any charge. <laughs> you ever felt it, like, way later? You was like, damn, what was that? I used to be friends with somebody. That, oh, damn. <laughs> you're like, that. oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah right? I think that now, like, I won't have that experience of of grief post um, a friendship breakup. And I think it's because the way that I have structured my friendships now, I would understand that I had arrived at a point that would justify me ending the friendship. And so I would be okay with the decision. Um, But that's how I live now. And that's the way that I think now. I didn't always kind of rationalize or think as clearly about my relationships in my life. Now I think that I would be like you, friend, 
And I guess that that is what my process would be, understanding it as something seasonal. Mm-hmm. There's somebody that you know, Asante, that I'm not friends with. There's a couple people you know. No. <laughs> I might say uh, one. Actually. <laughs> but the most recent one, you know who I'm talking I about. Know, I already know. And so, um, not, and so, <laughs> and so, um, you know. <laughs> We just aren't friends anymore. Uh, oh wait! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but I bring this up. I bring. Don't worry, listeners. I don't know. Who I bring this up. See what he did. I bring this up because now you know who I'm talking about. I bring this up because no. it's a prime example of the type of friendship that Fran was just referencing. I'm all right with that ending. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like it's no big deal for me, but. Anyway, so yeah, I just wanted to kind of talk about that. Hopefully, those of you that are listening that have had that experience, you're able to kind of clarify the end of that, maybe organize your thoughts regarding the exit of the friendship, and hopefully this conversation has aided you in that. If you are friends with someone right now who's shitting all over you, hopefully this conversation has encouraged you to pull the plug on their life support machine. You know what I mean? I, I just, you, you know, know it may be time. I'm a fan of audits. Yeah, let's audit, audit these friendships. Audit your, also audit yourself. Maybe yeah. you're the shitty friend. Maybe you're the selfish friend. Maybe you're the one that doesn't ask. And we've had a show about mm-hmm. this. Remember, like, maybe it's you. I mm-hmm. think that was actually the title maybe of the Maybe it's you. Maybe it's you. Make sure you audit um, your accountability. So let me take that back. Make sure you are accountab- accountable for your part in your friendships and how those dynamics have played out. Right. Just like on uh, Martin, I'll close with this. Um, There was an episode of Martin where they had won. Martin, Gina, Pam, Tommy and Cole had all bought a raffle ticket and ended up winning a Jeep Grand Cherokee. And so they won it together and they determined, according to the days of the week, who would have usage of the vehicle. And so on the night that uh, Cole had the vehicle, he ended up taking his mom, Martin's mom and their friend to I think they're going to a bingo game or something like that. But in the back of the car, um, Cole's mother kept saying that something was stinking. And so Martin's mother was like, well, damn it, if you always spilling something everywhere we go, then damn, maybe, maybe it's, it's you. you. Maybe <laughs> you're the one stinking. So, you know, maybe it is you. And on that note. And wait, and for those grieving, mm-hmm. I do remember that advice that my ex said. I just want to bring that back mm-hmm. when I when we talked later. And I said, how'd you get over me? And he said, all those things that made me feel attached to you because you brought them to my life or you did them for me. I did them for myself and replaced you with me. Mm. Amen. And never forgot that. And I think for people grieving the loss of other people, that has, I think that's so useful. What is it that they brought out of you that you feel that you've lost? What exactly are you grieving? Maybe it's the feeling they gave you. Maybe it's like Asante was saying, things that you used to do together. Maybe it's because you needed to do those things for yourself Amen. and not depend on a friendship to bring that out of you, but you to bring that out of you. And I think that is crucial for the healing process. I agree. Replace them with you. That's right. Get you a little bit of that uh, replacement friend salve. <laughs> okay. Home nutrition is all about making you look and feel your best. Each specific supplement packs a combo of potent ingredients designed for specific aims like clearer skin, boosted energy, or fuller hair, and is backed by clinical results. HUM focuses on preventing concerns and long-term care and repair, not damage control and covering up. Their inside-out approach to beauty goes beyond a skincare regimen alone to give you great results. HUM's products are sustainably sourced, non-GMO, 
and free of soy, gluten, artificial colors, and preservatives. Plus, lots of vegan options. Try supplements like the Daily Cleanse, Hair Sweet Hair Growth Gummies, Uber Energy, and more. If you aren't sure what you need, go to humnutrition.com slash get underscore started to take a quiz and you'll get personalized recommendations from Hum's team of registered dietitians. To make things even easier, Hum offers a monthly vitamin subscription that's affordable, flexible, and convenient. I personally, I received some Hum vitamins and I've been taking them. The Hair Sweet Hair Fuller Gummies, they're really, really good. They're available with chewable gummies and they like taste delicious. And I believe that my hair is fuller. I don't know if it is from the gummies or whatnot, but I've been taking my vitamins for like, you know, more than some weeks. Like I've been on the regimen. <laughs> so I feel like the vitamins do be working. I don't let know see, what let it see. is. Huh. <laughs> um. It's healthy. I can't even front. Right, because you know I used to dye and fry my hair, and outside of that, my hair just used to always be kind of dry any damn way. But, you know, I've been taking care of it, doing all sorts of things. Well, because you're giving it a break. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Let's see for how much longer. <laughs> anyway, go to humnutrition.com slash get underscore started for your personalized recommendations and get 20% off your purchase with code FRIENDZONE. That's humnutrition.com slash get underscore started and code friend zone. And so with that being said, I think it's time for the wellness segment. <laughs> Bring in the wind chimes. <laughs> the yelling with the wind chimes. <laughs> I love it so much. So let's take it back to these little black ice trees that you guys have <laughs> not <laughs> let go of. Man. You know what's so funny? People send me pictures now every day of every car the they're in, Lyft, Uber, their friend's car. everybody uses them. Everybody. <laughs> everybody. That industry is mama. not dying. <laughs> I know, it's not. And the funny thing is I was trying to Google, like, what are, like, holistic alternatives or organic alternatives and I did find a black owned one but yeah. it's the same as like black eyes black <laughs> <laughs> like trying to find black owned incense you know I'm trying <laughs> man but um, funny enough I was working on a campaign with Ari Keisha this week shout out to them that's my family Ari Keisha Ari Keisha and, and obviously this is not sponsored uh, it's not part of the campaign me bringing this up but during the campaign they sent me like a, a big box of things uh, for me to play with for the video and I'm like I noticed they sent me this diffuser that has a USB attachment oh, okay. and I was so confused you I was like what with the diffuser? yeah no imagine you charge your phone <laughs> your computer really <laughs> okay look for the sleep app right but I was like wait a minute so I'm like I hit them up I'm like what is this and she tells me that this is part of a new series of diffusers that they're trying to release where you can hook it up in your car and it's diffu- it's USB it has a USB port and oh. it doesn't take water exactly so what is it it just take? has these wicks mm. okay yeah it's these wicks that you dip into the oil and what I love is that it just brings its own bottle of oil and then the re- replaceable um, wicks and you can make your own mixtures 
You can put in whatever it is. I actually can share that with you guys. Obviously, the next couple of weeks, if you're interested, I can give you some ideas. Um, and we have had episodes too the past couple of months where I have shared like diffuser options and essential mm. oil recipes and mixtures right. based on the emotional benefits that you're looking for. But I do think that that is a great option yes. <laughs> and alternative <laughs> for you to create oil mixtures yourself based on the scents that make you feel good. Maybe you want energy. Maybe you want calm. Um, whatever it is you're looking, I love that you can cultivate that feeling yourself. Yes, yes. You have full control. And the fact that this uh, aromatherapy diffuser doesn't have water and it's USB port based, perfect for the car. It's like a diffuser air fryer. <laughs> <laughs> so if you go on Aurication... <laughs> If you go on Aurikeisha.com um, in their section with the products, mm -hmm. you will see it's called the USB Essential Oil Diffuser. So it's a portable, cool wind essential oil diffuser with no water required. And look how cute it is. So cute. Oh, damn. That's really adorable. Cute. I was actually going to bring it today to show you guys. Because, <laughs> like you know, a... now that I'm doing my show and tell wellness section. <laughs> it's in a little cup holder in the car. Yeah, it's really small. Mm. Um, I love that you can take it anywhere. And the price is $39.99 on the website. And they have like a couple of different diffusers, but this one is a smaller one that you can put in your car. I think that's a pretty great price. Yeah. Considering how much diffusers tend to cost. And yeah, and it comes with the uh, wicks, the empty bottle, the diffuser, and the USB cord. Everything so, you need. Everything you need. Okay. So nobody's car should be stinking. I shouldn't get in nobody's car and smell chips. <laughs> shouldn't get in nobody's car and smell feet. Or black ice. Or well, black ice, that's please. That's really why she, that's what she's going to do. it for me. <laughs> <laughs> and imagine you, no, you guys, let's paint the picture. Let's paint Come the on, picture. Come on, imagine you, you opening the door to someone that you're going on a date with. Mm. Let's make it personal. You open that door and you smell lavender oil mm. steaming out of a diffuser in their car. You're going to tell me that's not going to have you look at them different than if black ice was hanging? Yeah, a lot different, I must say. Come on. It's yeah. a vibe. Like, that's energy right there. So I I suggest this. I think it, it's, you know, it'll it'll give you... Give you a little bit of swag. What if you cut down a black ice air freshener <laughs> in the shape of them wicks and toss it in there with the other ones no. and that diffuser? Can do that work? I don't know. Maybe it's a I collab. I throw that diffuser out the <laughs> She's chucking that thing out. I love it, though. I want one, and I don't even drive. Oh, my God. It's so cute. So... <laughs> Definitely check that out. Ari Keisha, I know that you're going to be like, how do you spell that? Because my friend was like, that sounds like a hood rat's name. Ari Keisha. Ari Keisha. <laughs> it's A-U-R-A-C-A-C-I-A.com. Aurakeisha.com. Mm -hmm. Once again, that's the USB Essential Oil Diffuser under their products tab. Check it out. Also, go harass them on IG if you do use it. Um, go on their IG, which is the same spelling, A-U-R-A-C-A-C-I-A, and tell them that you love it. Tell them how you feel about it. They have no idea that I'm even mentioning this. Oh, so so happy. Get out here now! <laughs> and that's it for this week's wellness. Now let's move on to Mr. Music Man, which got for us a sign. Welcome to the Music Man segment. There is a lot of crazy things happening right about now. It's that season where, you know, everyone's out here trying to prosper 
and uh, you know get that recognition that they really deserve that that clout, and along with that comes the coveted XXL freshman cover mm. that comes out oh every Lord. year. I don't know why that cover annoys me so much. You know, I'm Because it ain't really, never the right people on it. I mean, mainly that, yes. And I was just going to say, I'm not really, like, looking forward to it per se, but I do always watch when they drop, like, the freestyles and stuff like that, just to see what these new kids are hitting on or what I'm supposed to be listening to. You know what annoys me? When they Please. have them send in those videos saying, like, why they should be on the cover... That bothers me. Bothers me too now. After the one I saw earlier that Asante made me watch. I'm like, you're, these artists are too popping to do that. I don't know. You you would think, I'm right? not going to say no names, but the person... I'm you to put me on. Like, what? The person whose video Asante showed me today doing just that, friend, mm-hmm. it made me cringe because I really love this person. I just I didn't know like they did it. that. Well, the freshman class, they're about to do the whole um, reveal or debut or whatever. But before they do it, you get to vote for the artist uh, of the 10th spot. Do you know how many people are listed in this shit for the 10th spot? This, Like, I really wanted to go through and name a lot of these people because some of these names I know and I'm familiar with. But some of these names I've never heard. And, like, it tells you where these people are from, too. So... Uh, oh, so that you can vote? Yeah, because they, okay. they want you to vote for the 10th spot, which is already kind of... I have other thoughts about that but as well. But it's also smart. I'm sure they already have yeah. that person. Right. Like, in the tuck. <laughs> but this is how it gets people talking exactly. about it. It's a social media marketing plan. And here I am playing the game because I want to mention some of these people whose names I've never heard of. <laughs> right. So maybe somebody will be inspired to go listen to one or two of them or they'll listen and they'll be, oh, I know who that is. But by me naming them, these are not endorsements and these are also not requests for these tracks, okay? <laughs> now that we're clear on that. Um, there are tons of people that you can vote for. So if you are interested in it, don't uh, forget to go to Freshman X xxlmag.com this is not an advertisement I'm just telling you that's where I'm getting information from um, and you can vote for the 10th spot with that said um, they have people out of Staten Island there's a young lady named Abby Jasmine I have no idea who she is but uh, she's out of Staten Island so you know they're on the map they have um, their like pictures too. yep so there, oh, cool. there's pictures up here. And um, it's funny that you actually talked about the videos because as I was showing Dustin, I believe most of these people do have videos for their pitches, too. So that's a whole nother thing. But uh, anyway, uh, Abby Jasmine, Asian doll. Um, is it Bally Baby? Bali Baby? Um, oh, yeah. She had like a fight with Rico Nasty. Yes. <laughs> She's on this list. That's how I know her. <laughs> Uh, Bam Savage, Ban Hunter Izzy, Benny the Butcher. Shout out to Ban Hunter Izzy. I like him. From Benny. I'm glad that was a good place to stop because I hate to name these next two. Uh, Bad Just Baby. Just pass them. Listen, uh, say what we want, but that little girl has a hit. She that's popping. That's that black lady that's writing for her be throwing down. <laughs> You know she has. First of all, silence. Yeah, no, please go. Do you know that Snapchat has original programming on Snapchat? Has what original programming like shows? Yeah, (laughs) and Bad Baby. Is it Baby or Bobby? Is it Baby? Yeah, that H in there. I don't know if you supposed to drag it out or this. Bad Bobby, like Barbie, like Bobby. Like, like yeah, like, like she's, saying she's trying I'm to make a bad you feel with a, yeah. a, a Boston accent. So it's baby? Well, I don't know. <laughs> I just know like... there ain't no R there, and I'm not saying pa. So I'm not saying bad Bobby. Oh, my God, I'm dumb. I didn't the know. girl from Dr. Phil. Yes, yes, <laughs> that, the girl from Dr. She Phil. She has a Snapchat show. Copy. And, and some, you got to watch. 
I'm gonna check it out just because you know she do be doing some things. Uh, anyway, and right next to her is Blueface. <laughs> wow. Because he's about to throw up from her music. It was alphabetized. <laughs> right, it's, it's in alphabetical this, order. This, so, you, you know, know. This, um, so there are people on here that I do care about. So, Bobby Sessions, I like. Bo- uh, Boogie, I like. Bree Steves, I like. You know, Caleb Brown, CK, Chris Maddock, uh, Koi Liray. I, I like Koi Liray. And she's from Jersey. She's dope. Um, you really know her? Mm-hmm. Oh, they play her on Music Choice so all the much, time. I can't tell. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, I made it right. Set up. Right. Like, What's the setup? They play her music Ray? on Music Choice all the time. I like her. Okay. Comethazine is on here. I actually that sound like yeah, a na- that sound like nasal spray from East St. Louis. Comethazine. Right. Some a prescription shit. nasal spray. I like Comethazine. it. Comethazine. Um, Cuban Doll, DDG. The baby, Danny Lay. Hey, shout out to the baby and Danny Lay. You know what? Asian Dow changed her name. What did she change it to? Asian the Brat. Oh, so that's what her name is going to be full time now? What about the Brat, the Brat? <laughs> what about the Brat? <laughs> shout out Wait, to the Brat. Is Melly on there? Um, let me scroll down to the M's. Melly is on here. The Dominican Melly? Yep. She's oh. Her, represent she's Harlem. cute too. Okay. You know who yeah. she's right okay. next to? Let's mobilize. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before you do that, hold on, before you do that, right, she's right next to Megan Thee Stallion. Oh, damn. So, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I know you need to mobilize with, but she's she's literally right next Holy to her, shit, friend. So, eyes. Megan gonna win. So, right. you know, yeah. I would love for but Megan you know, to win. I don't win. know, because they be doing upsets every year, which yes. is why I just stopped paying attention to the cover, honestly. Cash Doll's never been on there, but she should have been. I will say though when you look at past covers a lot of them you're like where are they now mm-hmm. I was gonna say they had the uh, right? the list they of these covers from that. before and some of these people like okay so 2009 XXL for, uh, cover right Wale B.O.B. Asher Roth and Charles Hamilton holy shit Charles Hamilton remember he got Oh shit! And this was when they was doing the multiple covers, and it was all one. So I didn't even read half the names. I'm sorry. Uh, also on this list, yeah, Corey oh. Guns. Oh shit, Corey Guns. Blue and Mickey Fax. Wow, 2009. Ace Hood, Currency, and Cuddy. And that's all 2009. I love Currency. Me too, big time. Funny as fuck. Okay, so okay, so part of this is gonna make me mad because as I'm reading some of these years, it's like names that were like, all right, cool, like they should have been up there. But then it's like as we get into like the later years, it's like, well, what the fuck was they doing up there? Because like in 2010, it was J Cole, um, Nipsey Hussle, Wiz Khalifa, Pitt, wow, OJ the Juice Man, Freddie Gibbs, Big Sean, J Rock. Now that was a good cover, right? 2011, Meek Mill, Big Crit, Sahai the Prince. Hit, hit, hit. Uh, Lil Twist, Yellow Wolf, Fred the Godson, Mac Miller, RP, YG, Lil B, Kendrick Lamar, Diggy Simmons. Wow. Diggy I Simmons. did not know. Okay. That one, um, he's right there too. Wow. He is. Okay. That th- <laughs> I, I know I was going to say that. So that one caught, threw me for a loop right there. He graduated. <laughs> okay. So this, I guess that's where we, you know, start to be like, oh, okay. Um, That's what cause, take a turn. Yeah, because in, in 2012. Yeah, because whoever opened the portal of these rappers with hair color and <laughs> face tats, that's the year the uh, portal opened. I don't know if that was the year. Well, it might have been, but let me take you down this year. In 2012, we got Future, Kidding, Danny Brown, French Montana, Mac Lamore, Don Tripp, Machine Gun Kelly. Is it Hobson? 
Mm-hmm. Iggy Azalea and Roscoe Dash. Only one woman? Yep. It was more than one on there. Was it? <laughs> oh. I gotta stop listening to this. <laughs> Jesus. Wow. I heard that from me. <laughs> it was only one woman the, the year after that, too. Cause, um, they always play us. Angel Hayes was the only woman in 2013. She's dope, too. Yep, yeah. Angel Hayes. You know, she used to get it popping. There wasn't even Didn't any... Didn't she change her name? I think Did she? she? I think so. There wasn't any women listed in 2014. Um, 2015 didn't... Oh, 2015 has uh, Dej Loaf on here. Wow. Okay. Yeah, 2016 ain't got no women. So, yeah. Just uh, 2017 does... Not, uh, 2017 had Kamaya. So, I think that uh, 2018 has Stefan Don... So yeah, 2019 it'll be the year I guess that they have um at least more than 3 women. I'm praying, I'm assuming, even though there are tons of women that you can have vote for the 10th spot. I didn't see the names for the other people that are going to be revealed on the cover. So let's hope that there are, are way more than 2, 3, 4, maybe even 5 women honestly cuz there's been a lot of uh, uh, women out there doing their thing. They should take your advice and have an all women's cover. I totally agree. And I liked this when This is the time. To do I like when Dustin said Rolling Stone because I think that like as much as I would like for XL double XL to, to do that, I don't know if they're going to actually do that the right way and I don't I don't know if somebody like Vibe could come along and do it, you know, since they have Vibe Vixen. You know how Vanity Fair does that for like the yes, Oscar winners yes, where it's yes. like the two-page spread? Yes. Something like someone up there needs to do that. And yes. it should look like that. Yeah, but yeah, have it style I mean. it to look like that. The quality, like the, the, the gowns, like the beautiful gowns. Yeah, like you know who I would like, like Fader. Like I like how they do a lot of their art direction. So if they did yeah. some spreads with like all the women, V Magazine, V Magazine. Yep, the way that they do their spreads, I really like and enjoy. Oh, I love V Magazine. Yes. So yes, I wanted to just talk a lot about the uh, cover because that's the thing that happens all the time. And uh, when those freestyles come out, I'm going to watch and I'm going to see who I like and who I hate and don't care about. But I will go on ahead and mention Sweetie. <laughs> she did her pitch and it was trash. <laughs> what? <laughs> Why you single her out? Because I w- <laughs> it was sent to me. I singled her out because, like I said, there were a lot of people on that list that I was uh, attempting to get through, and then I just said, fuck it, right? Um, but as that list was going on, they had YouTube videos for everybody there. Ooh, it... <laughs> content not available. I love when it does that. It makes me wonder, like, did you have this taken down? <laughs> or sometimes it just be Twitter's acting funny. But um, I just think that it's funny when, like you said, they do these YouTube videos and to do this pitch on why they deserve to be on the cover. Because some people will talk and say why they deserve to be on it. And it's kind of funny to like hear them talk about why they should be on it. But Sweetie decided to be one of those people that wanted to drop some bars. And um, <laughs> why are you putting your hoodie on? <laughs> Yo, you, you really Y'all don't need to, because right honestly, it won't load. So you okay. you you it are so lucky. You are God. so lucky when it won't load. I remember my ex, shout out to him, having mm-hmm. to film his pitch, and I was so irritated at him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, don't have nothing in my house in this pitch. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> nothing recognizable. Take the Keith Herring out. Out. Move from my couch. Because I was like, why would you do this? It felt degrading. Oh, my God, friend. Because <laughs> he's so good. I'm like, 
you, you don't already have to are do who it, you yeah. are. You don't have to do this, but it means something, you know. So I get it. People gotta do what they gotta do. Yeah, it does mean something. You're seen a certain way, so you should definitely execute a certain way. Yeah, and Sweetie executed a certain way. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll leave it at that. So now we can move on to listens lately. Yay. So you guys can tell me what you've been listening to lately. You start. Okay. Um, I've been listening to Rich the Kid. He dropped The World Is Yours too. Um, a lot of really dope features on there. I can't really single out because I've... Oh. So as I start, right... I would like to thank God. And again, this is not an advertisement. I I would like to thank God. It's not an advertisement for God. Well, (laughs) let's start with God. Look, the beginning and the end, okay? Um, I would like to thank God for blessing me with a Sonos Play 5 speaker. Amen. Um, God is a woman. God is a woman, okay? Crystal Jean did something mean now. Um, Had to lift that speaker up off that ass. Um, Anyway, this huge speaker has been like the centerpiece, the sound statement in my room. Amen. I feel bad for the people in your house. I, I Also <laughs> as well. Because you know my little speaker, my J-Hood, I used to take her into the bathroom, but now all I have to do is crack the window in my room and the one in the uh, bathroom, oh. and I can literally hear it. Oh I, I was in the room next door and had it turned all the way up to hear it, and then you could clearly hear the lyrics. So then I went into my room, and it was like you could feel it blasting from this <laughs> Son- Sonos play file speaker it was the shit it is the shit I just have to rant and rave about it because it's amazing to just have music just yelling at me like that I just love that feeling shout out to my best friend from school EJ like when we were younger his dad used to always blast music so hard that you could feel it bumping and beating in your chest and at the time as kids we kind of was like when the cars would drive by and you'd feel it in your heart (laughs) We was in I that was car. behind the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> we was kids in that car. Every car I had had twelves in the it trunk just, and an the, amp. The yeah, hear it, feel it. Feel Look, it you you at the red light moving. I had to like I had to have that. We used to call it that. bang. We call it bang or beat. Be like, you get some beat in the back of your car, yeah. Got some beat in my shit. Yeah. We had that when we were younger. And so to have relive that as an adult, it's amazing, especially in my bedroom while I'm gaming and I have them cool ass lights in there. So I just wanted to thank God for doing that. You know, he did not have to, but he chose me. So uh, back to what I was saying. Rich the Kid, he dropped his album. Um, he's got a lot of really cool features on there. Uh, for those of you that don't know Rich the Kid, his First single, mm, I dropped the ball. I thought I was going to remember. But it, his sing, he dropped singles last year, one of them being Plug Walk. And Plug Walk was not the first one. I was going to try to think of it, but it, it was missed upon me. Anyway, uh, Rich the Kid, uh, I love it from start to finish, but there are features from um, Young Thug. There's features from Takeoff. There's really nothing that I don't like on Takeoff this project. Yeah, out there really doing some shit. So check out Rich the Kid. Um, he's the same nigga that d- dropped that song, New Freezer, with Kendrick Lamar. Was New Freezer the first one? I don't mm-hmm. damn know. No, he's been out around for a very long time. You know, the Atlanta rappers have always dropped like tons of mixtapes before they finally dropped their debut. I thought I was going to remember his hood shit. I've been on like the hood ATL old school wave a lot lately. So um, I've been listening to a lot of old school Maceo. Mm, um, okay. You know, Maceo. Yeah, we both have. Mm. Um, Maceo had a. Uh, OG Maceo. <laughs> Next Tell Chirp, um, Host It Down. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, host, classics such as yeah, and host it down definitely is a classic. <laughs> I don't need you hoes jumping all around, stepping on my shoes, knocking licking, da- knocking liquor down. 
please give me space. I Let me see your face. My, um, Checking out your features. If you find you can stay. Like, <laughs> uh, and then towards the end, one of the verses, he was like, uh, uh, breath stank, you stank, body looked nasty. Guess what, what I told her when that lane walked past me? Go, go sit down. Mama June. <laughs> <laughs> it's fired by Mama June. <laughs> hey, that's where I've been at. So, uh, what'd he say? What's the quote again? Asante? Uh, breath stank, you stank, body looked nasty. Don't Guess what I told her when that quote. lane walked past me? Mama June. No. That might be it, too. So um, want to give a random shout out to T Pain. T-Pain dropped a project called One Up and I just really liked the cover because it was like some cartoon Godzilla looking shit and I thought that that was dope. But um, there's some really cool tracks on there. He has Tory Lanez who's also featured on Rich the Kids Project. Um, he has a song called uh, Get Your Roll On. Um, OT Genesis is on there. Uh, Flip De Niro and Russ. Okay. Along with Lil Wayne by the way. You know, uh T Pain and Lil Wayne, T Wayne, they've always been a thing. So, final track on the album it's called Goat, really good. Honorable mention because I mentioned T Pain. He dropped a track maybe 2 years ago with Young and May called uh FBGM, which stands for Fuck Bitches Get Money. Uh, uh go check that one back out. And if you are feeling that, then listen to the new album cuz I feel like they were kind of in line with each other, even though they weren't like in sync with each other. They weren't supposed to happen at the same time. They still exist at the same time. Um, lastly, I want to give light to uh, one Megan the Stallion. She dropped a project called Sex Talk, mm. uh, or she, excuse me, she dropped a single called Sex Talk. Oh so, man, rest in peace to her mom. Absolutely, yes. and her grandma, Miss um, Holly. Yes, yes, she's she's lost uh, some women in her life, but uh, Megan is definitely a strong, awesome. Money Making Meg is like that woman, you know, the stallion. She's strong. She's been out here killing it for us. So let's be strong for her. Let's support this new single. Um, Let's make Mama Holly proud. And let's just really rally around some cool-ass, good-ass talent. Um, I've been going through watching her freestyles and falling in love with her all over again. Some, she's somebody I've been watching on do her little YouTube videos where she's just rapping in the damn neighborhood. And I thought that that was dope just to hear her spit. So it actually has uh, to actually had seen her to actually um, go and watch her perform in D.C. Uh, last month was amazing. And just to watch her kill a stage. So how did her and Q-Tip link up? So you know her mom was a rapper, mm-hmm. so I'm I'm just assuming that she had music musical connections because that was a, mm-hmm. a older picture. She Got was like showing like pictures from before when she'd been to New York. So I'm assuming that like you know her mom had been training her up because in a lot of her interviews she talks about how she knew she wanted to be a rapper when she was younger. Her mom was like, okay, we're gonna do this, but we gotta do this right. So I love it. I feel so like she kind of like, like prepped her. Mob ties. Mom ties. <laughs> okay, good. Yes. That was good. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> <laughs> Miss Juicy Baby. Um, I want to give a really quick shout out to... Um, I'm just going to do this and I'm going to be done. I didn't get to listen, but I wanted to make sure I shouted her out. Um, Rihanna J. Oh my God, I was just listening. Did you listen? Weird. Yeah. Was- Have you listened to her music before? <laughs> <laughs> Stuff like that bugs me out. Like, how are you and I listening to the same indie artist? Well, have because have you listened to her music before? I don't th- think so. Okay. I don't think so. So she had a project called um, Morning After, and she had a song called Magic. And it, oh, she, okay. So this is this is a song. I'm playing these two older songs, and then I'm gonna ask about your project. Mm-hmm. Of 
tracks that was on her project called morning after that she dropped in 2017 so when i saw she dropped her uh new project love like me love me like i was like okay i gotta download this and i need to listen so i just wanted to make sure i shouted her out because i seen that she was out there but since you've listened you can tell me how the thing been going what it's been like yeah i mean i like it i wasn't familiar with her i'm trying to think how did i even find her i think she was just um maybe it did it just drop uh, maybe. I maybe think so. I was looking under new releases because you and know I'm always up. looking for new music, so yeah. I perp- like intentionally go to the new releases section, and I think she just popped up. The cover, I think, is like her and a dude or something. I, I yeah, clicked it, and out it like, just swagged out. Yeah, yeah, I clicked it out of curiosity, and I like it. She's really dope. It was like one of those pleasant finds where I'm like, oh, I can keep this. I, I like love it. those kind. Go right? back and listen to the old well, stuff you bopping too. Like, mm-hmm. This is good. Go back and listen to that one too. Then yeah, yeah, yeah. I like totally it. need to like give her whole discography of a full listen because I really like her. Check it out. All right. So what have you been listening to lately, friend? So my friend is training this rapper, um, training physically, like mm-hmm. physical training, not like musically. I was like, what? And I'm, I was listening to his music and then I, I ended up seeing him on the pollen. <laughs> that playlist uh, th- that on Spotify. That freaking pollen playlist on Spotify. He's on it too. So I'm like, okay, it was meant to be that I had to play this dude. So his name is Kemba and the song is called Dead Ass. <laughs> okay, Dead right? Ass. Very New York. <laughs> Track is crazy. The cover art, look at the cover art. Oh, Dope. Shit. Dope, Dope as hell. Um, so that's Kemba, dead ass. <laughs> and then We believe you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. And then dead I was ass. talking about Melly. Mm-hmm. who is a dope Dominican artist. I've actually been following her for a while now. Funny enough, her engineer is also what well, was our engineer. Right. And so we knew Shout about her. Shout out to her. Big Lens. Shout mm-hmm. out to Big Lens. We knew about her a long time ago because he would... He loves her. Obviously, yeah. he's working on her project, and he would tell us, like, yo, y'all got to listen to this artist. She's super dope. He's, like, working on it and working on us. Working on us. Working on our show at the <laughs> oh, same time. <laughs> that's, the guy, that's the Lord's job. <laughs> <laughs> and working on our show at the same time. So 
to see her blowing up now made me really excited because I feel like we've been there since the inception yes. of this project. So she has, um, she's actually just has a sold out thing. My phone just tripped. She has a sold out show at SOB. So congratulations hey. to her. Her new project, I believe by the time we drop this episode and you're listening to this, it will be out. I think it's called Phases. But she has a song. She actually has a song, HML, with Boogie with the Hoodie. Have you heard it? Yeah, I have. That's her big hit. Hit my line. Yeah, hit my line. But then the one that she just dropped this week was called Fresh Air, and it's more vibey. And Mm -hmm. so you know I like it. body rolling (laughs) so she's dope she writes like she's a a full out self-sufficient self-reliant artist which you know is my fave an artiste and she's so cute um so I've been listening to that definitely check her out and Melly is spelled M. who is this it just started playing God (laughs) (laughs) this artist jumped out cut it on (laughs) for oh my god you made me lose it <laughs> um, oh, and Tame Impala's back. Yes. They have a new song. Oh, I wanted to cry. And we ain't talking about a calm Chevrolet. <laughs> We're talking about the music group. We're so happy to see them back. I'm yes. so Nigga. fucking happy. They have a record called Patience that I absolutely love. And here it goes. Yes, Lord. <laughs> Grooving. He's only <laughs> two <laughs> he got up from the microphone just a two steps. I feel the spirit that came over me. Go ahead. <laughs> it's not a great record. Yes. They just make me Love so me. happy. Legit. Yeah, um okay, I'm like trying to, to cut it down because y'all know I wanna play a thousand songs. Um Oh, you know what? And I have to give it to J Balvin. Yes. Shout out to J Balvin. J, who, first of all, J Balvin's dope. Yes, thank you. You know where I live. Right. So, so you already. You know yeah. <laughs> oh my God, you must wake you up. You already. You already. <laughs> <laughs> Say less. 
<laughs> no cap. None. Okay. Oh I my go god. Home. I ain't go. <laughs> J Balvin has a song with Rosalia, who I've mentioned on here before, off his Vibras, which mm-hmm. is vibes in Spanish, his Vibras album. And it's a song called Brillo, which means, Brillo means shine in Spanish. And I really like it. <laughs> <laughs> J Balvin featuring Rosalia called Brillo the from jam. the Vibras album. So that's it for me. I'll stop Damn. there. <laughs> Word. You, Dustin Ross. So this week for listeners lately, I just want to pay a little tribute to the past as well as Yay. shine a little spotlight on the future. So we're going to pay homage this week to Trina's first album, The Baddest Bitch, which turned 19 years old last week. Yes. Now, I don't know about you, but that makes me feel old because I have vivid, vivid rather, um, adult memories while I was still a child to this album. So I <laughs> Yeah. Um, shout out to Trina. Her first album was a the career defining moment for her it, as well. Um, sort of created a defining ripple in the waters of female rap because her approach was so raw, so honest um, and just so it just felt so good to see someone be so unabashedly themselves. And her influence is felt on so many different female rappers today. There's no point in going song by song because we all know this album. We all know the hits. So shout out to Queen Trina um, on the 19th anniversary of her album, The Baddest Bitch. And to touch 19, friend. Wow. 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 And in a weird tie-in, in a weird tie-in to our earlier conversation, speaking of 19, Tegan and Sarah have a song called 19 that's beautiful. So that's your homework this week. Look up (laughs) 19 by Tegan and Sarah. Kaleidoscope turns 20 this year, but in December. Miguel Almay came out no, 20 years ago. Police. Oh. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> so speaking of the Miguel, future, speaking of the future, uh, Jumeri Dupree tweeted a video clip from Instagram Live of him in the studio with none other than Usher. Now, you can say what you want about Usher and his personal life, but that music, when he's at his best, he's at his best. And so I just want to play a quick snippet of the song that they previewed on his Instagram Live because it made me... I'm I'm excited. I'll put it to you like that. Now you say I must be out of my mind. But I can't help but see love is blind. I should back. Open your eyes, take your advice. Still got time left to walk away. Inside, I realize, but if you ask me today, what made me stay, I say that I wanted to believe in me. I wanted us to make it free. 
All right, Dang, so I just a I, I know, yeah, I know that was kind of lengthy, you guys, but I just it was so great. I just wanted everybody to understand what they have been cooking in the studio. So that's the result of long studio sessions between Jermaine Dupree, Usher, and Brian Michael Cox. So he's got his home team okay, in the studio. Yep. I think we can look forward to some good stuff from Usher. So I'm excited. Just wanted to share that. That's it. Sweet, Amen. that was good. Okay. Oh, that made me excited for this right? project. Right, damn. Let's hope he do all the things we like okay mm-hmm. um, I might have one last thing that I want to talk about and then we can move on um <laughs> for those of you that listen to or play video games rather I thought um, of you during the Apple event <laughs> did you watch I did not watch they now I, have a arcade what Apple arcade that's one of the new features on the iPhone I'm gonna get into that and it's a subscription service Okay. You pay, I'm assuming it's like nine ninety nine because yeah. everything was nine ninety nine. Right. And you have access to every game in the app store. Oh really? It's oh like Apple, Apple Arcade. Music. Yeah. You can stream oh, okay. video games. So you're streaming wow. it and you're just paying a, a base price every month. That's amazing. I was like, oh Asante is That's going amazing. to lose it. Game changer. Literally a game changer. Yeah. <laughs> Um, anyway, but for those of you that play games, uh, there's a game uh, franchise called Kingdom Hearts that's been out. Oh, and, shout out to Kim uh, One of the main <laughs> things about Kingdom Hearts that everybody knows is the, the, music. the music, right? The theme song uh, is done by an artist named uh, Yutada Hikaru, uh, or sometimes it's vice versa, Hikaru Yutada. Um, anyway, she's a Japanese-American singer, songwriter, and the latest, the latest uh, game for Kingdom Hearts came out uh they dropped the song face my fears and there's a song face my fears that's um no that's no, they, that's not, that's me go oh i know that's where you're about to go no, i know not. it immediately i was like i know i'm about to walk into one of these jokes it's gotta as soon be as ready i heard it my mind. mouth was like <laughs> look he's like face my fears that's a, um <laughs> but uh anyway she's somebody that like i'll never forget the first time i heard like the first kingdom hearts theme song so when i heard her do this last one this latest one i said to myself i gotta keep listening to this regardless of whether or not i like the genre of music it was something about this song that i kept listening to and then later on i went back and listened to it and one of the writers on the song was Pooh Bear. Mm. <laughs> and so I was like, this Sleep why I like. Sleep on it. <laughs> Sleep on it. <laughs> and I get back at you when, when I wanna. <laughs> um, so, yes. When I seen that, I was like, of course Pooh Bear is on here. Like, that's why I fuck with this song. But uh, the song is called Face My Fears. And it's Hikari Tata and Skrillex. So that's why I was kind of like, mm, I don't really do all that. Like, like all that. But I was listening to the song and I was like, damn. This actually do go a little hard. So I'm going to play it just a snippet and then I'm going to let y'all be like, all right, turn that shit off. <laughs> all right, turn that shit off. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> Sound like Evanescence. Should I take a into the car.
So <laughs> <laughs> I looked at him, why is he still playing this and <laughs> Dust is going ham over here. <laughs> <laughs> For those that don't know, it's a little inside joke we have here when we're recording the Music Man segment. I always dance to whatever they play as, as their, their listens and their selections. I mean, we do a full-out dance break. Just <laughs> FYI, that's one of the things that you don't I'm see. I'm going to catch it one day on my, on my Insta stories. Don't worry. Glory Just Jesus. you wait. <laughs> so, yeah. I've been listening to that. I don't know why. Like all of a sudden, I've me been, either. Because I don't even like that type of music. <laughs> me like, I, you remember when there was a phase where every rapper had an emo ass hook like that? Mm-hmm, Do you remember? Mm-hmm. Like uh, Eminem, Rihanna, all of them. Mm-hmm. Like everybody. everybody. Was that was like the thing money. To do. That was like the thing yep. to do to have circuit them. parties play that music, baby. <laughs> They be out there having sex to the beat. <laughs> Sorry. And I don't know why, because it just seems like so much going on. And I think that's why I kept playing the song over and over, because I was like, damn, this is a lot of production and shit happening. But I was fucking with it. Like, one of the last few times I was listening, I was like, because every time you start the game up, the uh, the opening sequence plays that song and it plays out to uh, to that music. So I'll be watching Where she be coming from? Well, it's not her performing it. It's like the the game. Like the oh, I thought the it sounded like she was leaving, like a you know, like the walk of shame. It starts off like walk of shame music, don't you think? You know, he was setting you up. Like the first, the beginning of the song, it sounds like she's walking away from something. <laughs> well, she's actually walking towards something because she decides she has to face her fears. Support for today's show comes from HelloFresh. HelloFresh makes conquering the kitchen a reality, not a reality show. With deliciously simple recipes and fresh pre-measured ingredients delivered right to your dough. All meals come together in 30 minutes max and call for less than two pots and pans, one to pee in and one to throw it out the window. No, I'm just kidding. It require minimal cleanup. Plus, with three plants to choose from, including classic, veggie, and family, there is something for every. So get out of that recipe and start cooking outside of your comfort zone. Now, all jokes aside, HelloFresh has been such a blessing and joy to my life. You all know that I'm on the go, both when I'm working and when I'm not. So I needed something to really help me with my meals. Um, As you know, I've been trying to work on my fitness, and I have, in fact, been up in the gym. So I needed something to help me with healthier options. I ain't reading all of that. I'm not ready to do all that research. I'd rather just trust a service that I know is reliable, that I know the food's going to be good, that I know is going to give me healthy options. And I was able to find that security in HelloFresh. So it's been a great aid to my life. So with that being said, for $80 off your first month of HelloFresh. Go to HelloFresh.com slash FriendZone80 and enter the code FriendZone80. That's HelloFresh.com slash FriendZone80 and enter the code FriendZone80 for $20 off your first four boxes. But that's it for the Music Man segment. Now let's go on ahead and go back to Dustin Ross with TV Land. Please Hi, guys. Hi. Um, really quickly, you know, we're going to tie this thing up over here. Uh, we're going to talk about Love and Hip Hop this week, starting with the Love and Hip Hop Miami reunion. Reasons to watch, okay? There's an, uh, a heated discussion between Trina and Trick Daddy um, about his lack of effort when it came to... Uh, contributing to this dual um, album. Yeah, the TNT project that they were producing that never came to fruition. Trina was finally vocal about that. And all season long, we watched Trick Daddy literally turn a blind blind eye and a deaf ear to 
any type of communication Trina sent to him regarding that album recording process until she finally had it. And if you're familiar with Trina's other heavily, uh, heavily circulated meltdown that she had on that balcony in Miami. Then you know that when Trina loses it and she actually, you know, checks out of any type of uh, self check in that she had mm. been doing, it's a doozy. And needless to say, her uh, argument with trick daddy did not disappoint. So that is a reason to watch. Also, I found it interesting that Amara La Negra was unabashedly honest and she did a great job of addressing every single thing that happened during the season at the reunion. So it's a good reunion to watch um, as almost a case study of sorts because you can see how a person can address everything that needed to be addressed. At the reunion, Amara did a great job of that. And fun fact, she had on a headpiece and like a shoulder piece that was made out of all these stones. It looked real heavy. So when she would be on there cussing people out, her neck wasn't moving. So she was on there like, first of all, you're an ignorant bitch. And Wait, like, are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> you ever seen somebody like in traction in the hospital? Like that's how she was like sitting up first, there. When you first get brave. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like, first of all. So yeah, that was interesting. There's lots more we could talk about, like the dynamic between Miami Tip, um, Bobby Lights and Prince. They really, really... Um, got deep uh, into the conversation about their friendship. So that was something interesting to watch. Lots of things. I don't really want to spoil them by telling y'all what happened, but just watch it. Um, it's Spoiler on everybody's DVR and, and the internet. So that's cool. Love and Hip Hop Atlanta premiered uh, this Monday with a two-hour season premiere. It's so funny how this franchise, how amongst the Love and Hip Hop franchises, the Atlanta um, show has kind of taken the center stage. Although New York is full of all these rap legends and people with justifiable, legitimate careers in hip hop, Remy Ma, Mano, um, Rich. You got all these people that have legitimate <laughs> careers in hip hop, oh but the Atlanta franchise has come to the forefront as the crown jewel of the franchise. It, it just is. You know, Atlanta is the show that we watch. So the production yes. value has been stepped up in all regards. The camera shots, some of them are so beautiful cinematically. Okay, yes. loving hip hop Atlanta is a beautiful show to watch. The way that it's shot, they've really done some great work on that show. So, two hour season premiere. Um, they catch you up on all the stories. I want to give a shout out to Carly Red because she is a reality television. You do, honey. The listen. fact that you say that because I was just going to say she's a legitimate reality TV vet. Mm -hmm. What is it? Pop them tags, pop them. Remember they showed her ankles looking like Nene's ankles when she got out that Range Rover. <laughs> Talking about the ghetto. That's how uh, Carly Red's ankles looked in that dance sequence that Fran oh is speaking God. of. <laughs> But it was fun catching up with everybody. Um, lots of your favorites are back. Um, Rashida and Kirk have been married for 19 years. It seems like 19 is the number of this show, doesn't it? Wow. Wow. But Rashida and Kirk have she been married for 19 years. So they um, are celebrating that anniversary. Kirk's baby that he had on her is coming around. So that's interesting. Um, it's just, it's great. Stevie J is, is now Stevie Evans. He's gotten married to Faith Evans. Wow. So that's really interesting to watch um, Mimi there was I'll say this and then I will move on because basically you guys just have to watch and we'll talk more about this in the coming weeks as the show continues and the episodes go on but um what I loved about this episode was that there was a scene where Mimi Foss who has a daughter Eva with Stevie J 
she was upset because Stevie J had flown back into Atlanta with Faith Evans, going to pick up his daughter from school, and basically had the first sit-down introduction between his daughter and his new wife, Faith Evans, without Mimi there or without even clearing it with her. Now, a lot of people feel like that was wrong. It's his kid. I get, you know, why she might be concerned. But she kept saying, what I found interesting was she kept saying, you know, we haven't met. I don't know her. You know who Faith Evans is. You know what I'm saying? And you, you just do. And there's no way that you can have this lengthy, years-long relationship with Stevie J and him be as close. When he describes his new relationship with Faith Evans, which a lot of people find scandalous because she was married to Biggie. Stevie J and Biggie worked together for years over at Bad Boy, could produce some of the greatest records that we've all heard. And so for him to now be married to Biggie's ex-wife because Biggie is dead, it's just kind of... It's been so many years. It's been so many years, but... I, I do like I, I mind you I don't even oh, go no, up for Stevie no. I, don't, I don't even go up for Stevie but I do like how he was trying to clean up and say you know we worked it out on our friendship for years like it's not like you know after Biggie died we got close because you know he seems corny enough to be like damn you just gonna say that shit outright like a slime ball like that right I just yeah. but anyway so um, Easy they had a conversation about that incident and Faith although Stevie even said you know I expected Faith to be you know to tag team with me in this but Faith was really about um, finding resolution and she appeared to be on Mimi's side I guess if you want to like deem it about sides so it was good it showed some promise as far as exactly being able to co-parent so that was dope Um, but Stevie (laughs) was also trying to revert back to his old like you know um, niggardly ways Mm -hmm. and unfortunately it just wasn't landing well and it also made him look super immature when he's been consistently showing himself in a different light to make us believe in his relationship with faith they've been all about their coupledom and Mm -hmm. all about you know the bond of marriage and their dedication to that but then the moment that he gets in a situation where he feels like he has no choice but to you know revert back to his old ways that's exactly what he did and it was just interesting to see that happen because once he did it both Faith and Mimi Mimi although she was Mimi ain't never really mattered like that so even though she was really like doing those same types of things with her behaviors trying to you know, be argumentative and combative and cursing a lot and all that shit. It just fizzled out like it has for the past however many years the show's been on. But to see Stevie do it in that setting with Mimi and Faith right there at the same table, he really looked immature. And it showed you that, you know, he really doesn't have a lot of depth when it comes to his newfound growth. Hopefully it comes along in his new marriage to Faith. So that's it. I just want to encourage everybody to watch the Love and Hip Hop Miami reunions um, and also get yourself reacquainted with the cast of characters from Love and Hip Hop Atlanta. Yeah. Wait. Okay, question mm-hmm. tech time. Mm-hmm. Um, did they introduce anybody new? Mm-hmm. Uh, are you going to talk anything? Can I just have like a snippet? Can you just tell me who the new There's a new are? character named Pooh who is married to someone who she says is very influential in the industry, um, who they have a very open and revolving marriage that they say is not an open marriage, but that's exactly what their behavior is called. Um, and she has actually... Wait, an open and revolving marriage that isn't an open marriage? <laughs> Literally, you heard me. That means that they are behaving as if they have an open and revolving marriage, okay? That takes it up a step further. It opens the legs yeah. just a little bit wider. So, open and revolving marriage, but they say... <laughs> They don't say they have an open marriage. They talk about being aware of each other's needs. Oh. Get it? So, yeah. And so that's how that works. And there is some murky gray history between her and Carly Red. What I appreciate about Carly Red is that from the moment we see her in this season, 
each scene, she's capitalizing the moment as as it relates to her success on a reality show. And it shows that she's understood, understands rather she, she understands rather the process of filming a reality show. She's present in every scene. She's making eye contact with her scene partner when they're throwing information at her that she's not anticipating. She appears unmoved and offers something else immediately. She's just a pro. And I can't believe I'm giving fucking Carly red props, Hey, but she's a pro and she did well. So that's one of the people that they introduced. There's more, but that's who I'll share with you guys today. Pooh is her name. Okay, can you tell me? Oh, it's her name. Mm-hmm. I, f- I feel like I got to give you like a little mini interview at the end of your segment, and I don't know why. Me um, either, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not going to just go home and watch. Okay, so who came back um, on the first episode? Because it was two episodes? Mm-hmm. Two, it's a two-hour premiere is what they called it. Okay, so just overall, who came back that you was feeling that you don't really know if you're feeling right now? Well, we're talking about Love and Hip Hop Atlanta, so the pickings are slim. Um, <laughs> I uh, let's see. You know, well, I just told you, Carly Red, I was impressed with her. There's. Karen King is back. There's a oh, huge okay. storyline with her. Scrap has come home. Uh, yeah, uh, well, so halfway bad. come home because he's literally at a halfway house. But we see him, and there is um, a, a new storyline in regards to him reconnecting with his birth father that he thought was dead. Oh, but something okay. happened where they needed additional family members and his mom miraculously remembered that his father is not dead uh, oh yeah okay. so there, there's that all that kind of stuff going on okay mm-hmm. cool all right we'll go check it out thank you thank and that's you. it for the television segment you guys all Yay. right that's it for tv land now it's time for this is a story <laughs> and right back to dustin ross uh, okay <laughs> listen and that was dustin ross and now it's dustin ross <laughs> That's right, you guys. Well, as always, we're going to close with this is a story. This is episode 11. Thank you guys so much for listening and following this story. I'm I'm so happy to bring it to you. I think we have a really good time um, coming up with theories. I see you guys coming up with all these theories with the character development and their connections with one another. This is really, really fun. And that's what I wanted us to do is have fun with this. So I'm happy that you're happy. Let's get into episode 11. Katie sat at the restaurant table and sipped her glass of whiskey. Neat. She hated the sound of ice clinking around in her glass, especially when she was attempting to have a conversation with someone. And Katie planned on doing a lot of talking tonight. After the day she had, this dinner was going to be just the escape she needed. As she waited for her guests to arrive, she couldn't help but have flashbacks. On this very day, Katie had discovered that she was far stronger than she'd ever imagined. Upon starting her new job, Katie knew that she would face challenges working for the government. She never thought that she'd be aiding in finding criminals and seeing that they're brought to justice. She never thought that she'd see her brother's name. Her thoughts were interrupted immediately by the sound of a chair sliding out from her table. She looked up and saw the handsome face of her dinner guest. Well, hello. It's been way too long, Katie, Ron said. Ron. As he said and smiled at her, Katie couldn't help but to notice he looked fatigued. Not sleepy, but internally tired. He didn't have that that spark that he normally had in his eyes. However... He was still fine to her. Weary-spirited or not, his thick lips and the smooth brown skin of his face made Katie feel electrified with every single word he spoke. It makes no sense that you have been keeping that handsome face away from me, 
Was I that bad of a boss? Katie flirtatiously joked. She immediately regretted the statement as soon as she spoke it. She had invited Ron to dinner because she wanted to speak with him, but she couldn't help but be inclined to flirt with him whenever she laid eyes on him. It had been this way from the moment they'd started working together at their former employer. Katie had always been smitten by Ron's charm, his sex appeal, and his good guy persona. He'd always worked hard and played by the rules as best he could. The combination of that type of forthrightness with his chiseled, all black American good looks had always been the formula to literally get her juices flowing. But she'd been his boss and Katie took her work seriously. Plus, Ron was very, very married and it wasn't her style to pursue a married man. So she played it safe. Once she decided to leave, however, she couldn't help but make one last attempt to establish a more personal connection with him. So on her last day working for that company, she made sure to coincidentally end up at the same gas station as Ron had. And now here they were at dinner and only separated by a limitless table of possibilities. Mm -hmm. To her surprise, though. Ron had responded to her unintentional flirting by reaching across the table and grabbing her hand. Katie looked down at her hand, then back up at a smiling Ron who was now making direct eye contact with her. You were an amazing boss, and I have always wanted nothing more than to to please you, mm-hmm. to make sure that you were satisfied. Ron responded this way and never broke eye contact. Katie immediately turned and gestured for the waiter to return to the table. She was definitely going to need another drink. Two hours later, and Katie's blazer was hanging on the back of her chair as she and Ron sipped numerous cocktails and sat and laughed like the old friends that they truly were. Somehow, their chairs had moved from being opposite each other to now they were conversing side by side with his arm around Katie's bare shoulders. The restaurant had started to begin their closing process and Katie and Ron knew it was time to leave. Ron paid the check and left a 50% tip for the staff respecting he and Katie's privacy. To show his gratitude, the waiter returned to the table with two more double shots of tequila. After taking the shots, they walked outside of the restaurant and continued talking next to Katie's white convertible roadster. Something about the night, something about the tequila, something about the innocent joy that Ron emitted when he spoke emboldened Katie enough to look at him and say, come here. Ron paused. He kept eye contact with Katie and he moved in closer. They stared in each other's eyes just a little bit too long. And minutes later, they were inside of that white convertible sports car, allowing their tongues to finally dance together. The kisses were so passionate and so long overdue. After about 15 minutes of nonstop kissing, Katie went ahead and straddled Ron and removed his hoodie over his head. The kissing resumed, but this time Katie was kissing the side of Ron's neck, which was driving him the best kind of crazy. As she began to ever so softly nibble on his earlobe, Katie just as softly whispered into Ron's ear, I know about you and Tony. Oh. We'll see you guys next week. 
for our episode 12 of This Is A Story. Thank you so much for tuning into the Friend Zone, y'all. As always, we love you so much. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. Stay black and protect your magic. Bye. Knowing how to code is becoming essential in today's job market. But where do you start? Try Grasshopper, the coding app for beginners. It's built by Google engineers and completely free. With fun five-minute puzzles, you can turn your downtime into learning a new and useful skill. When you graduate, you'll have the fundamental programming skills you need for your next step as a coder. Go to grasshopper.codes slash friendzone to download and get started. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. (laughs) 